as we cover many an insane movie and numerous cult TV phenomenons. Are you ready to get jacked up? Are you with us? Then listen on. discussing another tv favorite and that is the form of the neo-western longmire it's Not funny because <laughs> people get excited whenever they hear longmire you know it's one of those they really do that i think resonates with so many people which is really surprising considering it kind of just kind of blipped up out of nowhere on uh i think it was a and e yeah it was on a and e and the irony was, you know, it was already a popular book series. I wasn't familiar with the author, but he was very similar to Tony Hillerman, where he just was giving a rare portrayal of Native American communities and the crimes that happened on there. And like you, I was just very, I was just bedazzled, not just by how good the show was, but I was just like, wait, you you guys have heard of this? I thought you didn't watch TV. You know, I'm, next thing yeah. I know, my aunt has been watching then. She doesn't really watch too much of it, but for her, it was like, what, you know, renting a British thing from Netflix. And I think right. Netflix just, it came in, went at the right time. And Annie was just such an idiot. Like, this was when they were deciding we're going to just play endless, you know, reruns of Criminal Minds and movies you've seen a hundred times. And yeah. anything else History Channel doesn't want to buy. Because it was a yeah. very highly rated show. And they canceled oh, it because it wasn't reality. And I'm like, so this is when I just was picking up on that. I'd already seen scandals like people making up DVR ratings to justify whatever, who blah, office politics. And I'm like, yeah, okay, so ratings don't actually matter if the powers that be still find a show to be too expensive or they personally just don't care for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah there, there's always some kind of, I don't want to say hidden agenda in, in regards to getting a show bumped off the air, but there's oh, always totally. something behind the scenes that a lot of people aren't. How someone gets with. hired, how they even got the job, and almost yeah. all the time you're like, that's ridiculous, but it's true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, it's weird how nepotism still exists in a very weird, just sometimes nonsensical manner. It's, it's a shame. But yeah, like, uh, growing up, my dad was always big on the westerns you know you name a clint eastwood film i'd probably seen it as a kid half a dozen times easily um, that's a good point this could have easily gone to someone else like usa or tnt and they didn't jump oh, on absolutely. that bandwagon but it's, to your point I, I i was in the same boathouse where i'm seeing a lot of people get into this and they're they had 
already told me I'm not much of a Western guy. I've seen mm -hmm. a few like Tombstone, Young Guns, those are badass, but you know, and obviously like you, they would watch a John Wayne or Clint Eastwood Western because you got to get your absolutely. ass kicking in someone way or the other if you're not going to watch oh, Rawhide. Yeah. But it was kind of, and it, it's even funnier how Breaking Bad is basically considered a neo-Western, but it's in the form if of you, Well, and that's the thing. If you look at the themes, like the overall themes in that show, yeah, you definitely could consider that a neo-Western, definitely. But yeah, with, um, with Longmire, the thing that I thought was interesting, I... I misremembered a book series that my dad, uh, I, th I think still to this day, if he finds a, a copy of a book from the series, he'll read it, uh, Longarm. For some reason, when I was at a bookstore, I'd seen the title. I'm like, I think that's a book series my dad reads. And I don't, recognize <laughs> I don't recognize it. So I picked it up and I'm looking at it. And that's when I, I think they had re-released one of um one of the books when the show got announced for a and e so they had that little medallion up in the corner you know show as or uh, inspired or inspired the show that is on a and e or whatever so i picked it up for my dad thinking it was one of these books that he had been a long time reader for and he's like <laughs> oh i haven't heard of this book series this is going to be good i'm like Wait. okay yay happy accident <laughs> and you force a smile and you're like best gift ever oh yeah exactly it's not the right one and, but whatever play along yeah exactly and uh, I had gotten a chance to sit down and watch a couple episodes because I think they had done like a mini marathon or something on A&E after a couple so. of the episodes. And I really enjoyed it. So that's where my love for the show came through kind of like a, a happy accident that turned into a, hey, this is a really good, solid show. That's a very good point because, I mean, it when it when it aired, it, it was kind of... I don't know who was doing the ratings on it, but yeah, it was getting some surprising traction and it was mm -hmm. just kind of unheard of because used to be, you got to get everyone's attention. Otherwise you're dead in the water and like just everyone just jumped on it. And yeah. Uh, well, a lot of times you can tell how good a show is going to be from like the first minute, like with walking dead, they started it with uh, Rick Grimes coming across that little waking girl. up in a hospital same Wake, and then it transitions to the hospital scene and you have that initial holy holy crow what's going on here to okay now we're gonna see what leads up to that and it's that big surprise and then slow build up with this it had that kind of just ease into the world of longmire and i think that was a nice change for a lot of tv viewers because we get kind of burnt out on the big fancy explosions right at the beginning and then you have that nice lull right everything is just monotone is like it just can't it, it's kind of like when you do a very awesome season it's like whether it's good or bad you just the writers got too brilliant for their own good so they're not going to be able to outdo it it's just gonna yeah be, they kind of like write themselves into a corner type thing yeah unfortunately so and um so yeah this was produced for warner brothers you know a and e is co-owned by disney so and yep. uh uh so i'm just gonna do a little bit of a back uh story on here uh so you know it was adapted by john coveney and hunt baldwin they had worked previously for producers uh michael and robin and uh his, his business partner uh, uh greer shepherd i think is her name yeah the shepherd so, yeah. company that, and that sounds right and 
it, it was just interesting how, you know, he had come from the, he had interned basically for Steven Bochco, you know, he's just always been his production assistant or co-producer on his shows. And then eventually he's like, I feel comfortable enough to make my own, you know, production company. So next thing you know, he produces a bunch of hit shows like the Closer franchise, Nip Tuck and um, uh, All Rise currently. But um, you might also know Zolly and Isles and the reboot of Dallas. So, you know, he, he was coming and going. He was filming all his stuff in various areas like Georgia. and Incredibly busy, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Shepard had, you know, she was – she didn't say, but you could kind of got get a gist that she was just so just fed up with just how programming was done. She had been a vice president for ABC back in the day, but she decided, you know, to form the production company with Robin. And you know, much like many of these producers, they do they do a lot of you know they'll direct a midpoint episode or a finale. You know, <laughs> it's like yeah, they do a lot of supervising and. Uh, I think they're going to continue to be very successful for a while. But yeah, I mean, this just had so much star power. I was already kind of going to give it a chance because, I mean, uh, people were forgetting, you know, at, at this time, the modern day Westerns as well as period piece Westerns were becoming kind of a thing again. Like Deadwood had always been kind of a sleeper hit for HBO. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It, it caught on just much later with the awards and the DVD sales. But yeah, I mean, it's just like, at this point, we had A&E's historical Western, uh, you know, adventure, uh, Hell on Wills, and I was just watching Justified nonstop during college you know, in 2010. Yeah. And so when I, I see I this, think there's still episodes of Justified I've missed, because I gotta, you know, I, I throw that on every now and then just to have, and it, it's, it's <laughs> wild. Westerns, Westerns in general seem to come back in waves. Like, It'll be popular for a couple of years, and then it'll it'll ebb a little bit, and then it'll flow back up and become really popular again. Sometimes as long as the last time, sometimes not as much, but it it's one of those genres that always kind of returns, you know. In some like ways, it's on a wheel, yeah. yeah. And it's not easy either because basically, like you say, you don't know if. It's because someone just isn't appealing to somebody or, uh -huh. uh, again, you know, just uh, uh, someone just is being told your idea is too similar to mine. And then, of course, that producer stills that idea after the pitch. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, even in I mean, even in other uh, genres, you have that. I know there was a, a kerfluffle, I think, in the 90s between Babylon 5 fans and yeah, base nine fans. Even though no writer had exchanged ideas, you know. Yeah, and it, and it was ideas. pretty much you could tell the creative teams behind. They're like, okay, how do we like mellow out our fans a little bit so that they they stop you know making our lives difficult? And I it know, didn't uh, help there, that they kept having to fire directors who didn't get their vision, so they ended up just sharing a bunch of the same casting. Yeah, so I mean, people. that's that's the thing with sci-fi. <laughs> Eventually, there's going to be a lot of overlap, just like in westerns. There's there's only so many stories that they can tell in that format, you know, and sometimes oh, yeah. they come up with some very interesting takes on classic, classic tales. And sometimes even the spoofs would make people want to check out a Buck Rogers or Star Trek type show when they saw oh, absolutely, something like yeah. Orville or Red Because it's like, Dwarf. okay, <laughs> what's this poking fun at? Because I got to see, I got to see if it's as ridiculous as they're making it out to be, mm -hmm. or if it's actually pretty good, you know. 
Do you know Star Trek from actual watching one of them, or do you know it from Galaxy Quest? <laughs> exactly, yeah. Like, a buddy of mine and I often say Galaxy Quest is one of the best Star Trek films out there, you know. Totally. Yeah. And to be fair, this did have a lot of just geekdom. You know, this is like, okay, you got Lou Diamond Phillips in a supporting role as mm-hmm. Henry Standing Bear, you know, a Cheyenne Indian who's the best friend of the main character. You got Absolutely. Katie Sackhoff, who, you know, again, it had just, I think, come off of uh, the long-running uh, series of Battlestar Galactica, and I think mm-hmm. she had one or two, like, quick snippets as, like, stints as characters in other shows as well. Yeah, she was briefly on CSI 24 and the Bionic Woman rehab. I was going to say yeah. Bionic Woman reboot, I think, which I don't even think that got a full... I don't even think that got half a season for it, honestly. Unfortunately not, but yeah, she was embracing just all kinds of geekdom, just appearing as herself on the Big Bang Theory and all that stuff, and movie... Yeah cameos so it's like okay so but yeah i mean this just launches her as the philly cop who's now working here in wyoming you know mm-hmm. which is foreign to her and uh clearly got a few set of vices and i mean who's this robert taylor guy not to be confused with the 60s actress no he's this australian guy who was one of the agents in the first matrix and <laughs> you're like I, who's robert taylor and like, yeah and that blew my mind like when i when i'm when I first sat down to watch it, I was blown away by by the character that he's playing. And I'm like, this guy looks familiar. I know I've seen him. And then you, you look up the stills from The Matrix and <laughs> the way they designed those darn agents, unless it was Hugo Weaving, you can't tell any of them apart because they made them yeah. very, you know. But yeah, it's... Yeah, his hair is all gelled back. And it's yep. just like, you know, you're so distracted. I mean, because yeah, I mean, they're... They have personas, but I mean, yeah, the other, the third agent in that one was another guy who was on Farscape, but yeah, it's like they were yeah. just selected because they just had a general look and they were Australian. People forget were Matrix and Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. filmed there, so it was like, yeah, but uh, like you say, I was like, he lo- he does look like someone I've seen, and then you're looking at him like, I really haven't seen him in much of anything, <laughs> yeah. but, but he looks, you know. I, I get it. I, he's got the look. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And I love the fact that he has found work post Longmire as well. Totally. I, I, I was lighting up when I was at Kong Skull Island. He had like a five second role as a military guy giving a briefing. And I'm like, oh, okay, he's going to mm-hmm. keep getting some fun work now that he's got that hit show that's going to last, you know, six yeah, seasons. Yeah, I know he was in, I think, The Meg. I think so, yeah. Uh, he, and he had, had some other sh- movies I had seen, like Ned Kelly mm-hmm. and that crocodile terror film Rogue, but I, I hadn't, I, I, again, I'm sorry, I, I didn't remember who he played. So Exactly, like, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, Longmire was definitely his uh, his iconic role, I, I would think. I, I think so, too, and uh, and that's fine, too. Like, all his movies, he does pick some very intriguing movies, and he has some interesting stuff. But I, it's just even more interesting because it's like, much like any hit TV star, you know, it, it does go back kind of to the 70s, which is when also Westerns were big, where this is like, yeah. you you can do your hit show, and then now you can basically do whatever you want the rest of your career. Mm-hmm, definitely. Except, except you don't have, at this point, people forget, is like, now that the industry has changed, he doesn't have to wait on whether or not he got a pickup on when the rent's coming in, you know, and money mm-hmm. inflation has changed so yeah at this point 
he he's made enough money from that show that he can now basically just kind of even maybe go a few years without even doing some work. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And I, I, I actually follow him on Instagram and he seems to enjoy uh, whatever it exactly is he's up to, but so. It just seems just so just like everybody's granddad who no one had. <laughs> yeah, it, it's like the, he, you can tell he just, he likes to kick back and just enjoy his time wherever it may be. Oh, totally. Um, and did you recognize any of these other like supporting actors? Like uh, I had seen Cassidy Freeman in a bunch of other shows, like uh, Smallville, NCIS, yeah. New Orleans, and I'd seen her in a couple different things. Um, yeah, you look at her resume, and you're like, every other CSI show, every other Canadian show. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. If it's if it, it I'd laugh like things filmed in Canada, you start recognizing. Oh well, that per like my wife and I when we're watching TV shows, I'll recognize somebody. And inevitably, it always comes back to Stargate. I absolutely as the Stargate like we watched, uh, effect. <laughs> we we were getting caught up on um, I think it was Black Lightning on on CW because it was getting ready to go off the air. Mm -hmm. And uh, I looked at I'm looking at the lady that plays uh, the the mother and wife in that, and I'm like, oh, that lady was on this episode of SG One, if I recall correctly. <laughs> And the glare I got from my wife, she's like, you can't say anything about when I remark about so-and-so was on Buffy. I'm like, okay, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> so, she's like, I'm done with your geekdom. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And it's funny, like when we're watching stuff and neither of us can place exactly where we've seen a celebrity, almost nine out of 10 times, it's because that person played some bit character on Doctor Who. <laughs> oh, so it's totally. Just, it's, yeah. it's interesting when you when you have somebody that you can have those kind of conversations with and pinpoint, you know, the pool of actors. And um, yeah. Kind with, of have a coming to Jesus moment. You're like, I'm determining how I'm programmed after a while. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. It it's uh, <laughs> funny, like, uh, I can't think of the, the actor's name. He was the the chief of police for the reservation. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Zach uh, McClennan, uh, Matthias. Yeah, yeah. I've been seeing him pop up on stuff. Uh, I believe he did even a number of episodes show. of West uh, Westworld. He'd done a number of episodes. Uh, and nice. when he popped up, I'm like, oh, I know that guy. He's from Longmire. So it's nice that I'm now actually starting to enjoy my love for Longmire and tie people to that. Now you're gonna love this. Really so he plays an Indian officer, Big, that's mm. his name, on the FX show Reservation Dogs, <laughs> which oh, is about okay. indigenous people. Check that out. I've heard some great stuff. Like, it was just a surprise hit for them. So I think, if anything, this show is, like, both a breakthrough for Westerns and, like, Native American-themed stories. Oh, absolutely. And I think what helped is with... Uh, not to get too heavy, but I think what helped with Longmire's success is it really showed in a very realistic way the dichotomy between, you know, you know, law enforcement that's not part of the reservation and reservation residents, be it, you know, just the residents themselves or, you know, their own police force. It was very tenuous relationship where it's not to overstate it but 
it's okay you know why should we trust you because the last time we trusted you this is what we ended up with you know that's so it's so very true. interesting to see how that was portrayed in a way that wasn't necessarily like hitting you overhead uh, yeah hitting you over the head with a two by four but if you didn't end up growing to see the respect that long or walt had with you know the different indians in the show you didn't necessarily pay attention to the show then you know what i mean like the the wonderful line that he's got towards the end of the series when he's talking about uh a geometry uh term where it's two lines that swoop towards each other but never truly meet and mm -hmm. end up ultimately just running almost perfect parallel wonderful you know so oh totally and i mean i had just lost my mentor my grandmother so you know mm -hmm. she had died of bone cancer and Ooh. you know you open up with this you know walt he's a widowed you know sheriff uh you got unusual deputies and again the star power but they're not playing roles that are typically played you got all these unknowns mm -hmm. and it kind of does look and feel even at times like something you might see on something like homicide the shield or even nypd blue the camera's tracking around but it's oh yeah definitely you're you've again it's voyeuristic you're just like i feel like i shouldn't be listening to this private conversation and yeah it, about to go down. it was it was definitely shot in a way where it wasn't like you're looking over the shoulder there were a lot of times where it felt like you were literally in the room where this is happening in front of oh, you. Oh, yeah. You're like, this is illegal. I think I better leave. But I can't. Yeah, I'm like, I don't <laughs> feel safe here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And um, it, it, you you got just, you know, again, unusual deputies. Again, you know, aside, we've already talked about Vic, but I mean, you get the Ferg, you know, Archie. Oh, yeah. I and, love the Ferg. And, and he, he's just like everyone in a nutshell is like mm -hmm. regardless he, he's small he's got a belly and he's got to learn how to be intimidating and just continually he's getting his ass kicked he should technically arrest the guys for that but he's just so humiliated and he's just like fuck mm -hmm. it i'm just gonna go home and say i didn't see him in light of the sheriff i just and yeah and just the the sheer fact that you know the character like you said just kind of like kind of in a sense closes in on himself sometimes where it's like tries to kind of make himself a, a smaller target for being you know the butt of jokes and things. he does kind of catch on to him after a while he's like i don't and he's a very selfless man after a while to where he's just like i uh, nothing should happen to anybody me i'm just gonna go home you know eat maybe eat some dinner and just drink some liquor and just go to sleep you know <laughs> yeah I I got nowhere else to be and you know that's just tough shit and um I mean to have his you know lawyer daughter you know just going around and then he reveals later was like my wife I, I told everyone my wife died of cancer but that was just to cover up the fact that me and Henry were going after her murderer it's like yeah it's just like wait 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 yeah what when, when that was when that was revealed in the show I, my jaw dropped i'm like holy oh my god they went there yeah because you it, it was also it, it needed that you know because yeah no one is ever a hundred percent you know we've done stupid shit we're not proud of and it doesn't even oh, have absolutely. to be a crime in this case it was just he had basically been a vigilante and uh you get a hint of that at first when he's kind of getting uh, they had uh what's his name um oh uh, uh charles dudden you know being an investigator from another 
state who just wants yeah. to put him in prison. He's like, yeah, someone's got to talk. Col- I, th- yeah, I think he was from Colorado. Yeah, that's what it was. And is like he's already abusing every power of his jurisdiction, and you get a sense that he just wants to make his career go to the next level. And he's just like, hey, whether you did it or not, whether you're an OJ, I don't care. I'm I'm gonna put you away. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Like, no, not one character was completely good or completely bad and i like that they really kind of embrace except for the... barlow <laughs> yeah when you kill your son yeah that, that pretty much is it that's like the unrede- and the fact that they had that actor be the one to to portray that oh character. yeah gerald McRaney, you know from deadwood and simon and simon you know he just was well, kind and, of... made, and made your dad major dad of all things promised yep. land and Yep. To, to just see him, you know, go from this and other cult shows like Jericho and, you know, he, yeah, he's that, once again in villain mode. And you're like, oh, yeah. no, he's not going to do the unthinkable. And you could tell he was enjoying eating up every scene he was in. Absolutely. It's a weird kind of how we, it's like he didn't exactly chew the scenery, but it just had those long pauses and just is like, how more intimidating can I be as I'm about yeah. to monologue to you before I fucking blow your head off? And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. And you're like, uh, we already have our issues with Branch. You know, he's ruthless. Uh-huh. He's banging the sheriff's daughter behind his back. He's yep. ne- He does not respect his authority because he just and, – and he's ru- – I mean, when he's running against you, you know, <laughs> when he's – when your deputy just thinks he can do a better job than you and he's just kind of a yeah. gutless coward, like he doesn't have, have the ability to say that to your face because he's kind of a sneak. And then yeah. to see how he comes from this, you know, crappy real estate father and you're like, I feel sorry for him. It's like – and he basically was trying to get away from his dad who was kind of pressuring him, using him as a tool, and then – now that he doesn't have his badge anymore, he's been fired. He doesn't have anywhere to go to. He's just reckless and getting addicted to drugs. It's like, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I, I felt bad how his, his story ended because, you know, up until that point, he thought, you know, you know, he, he was his father's son. You know, my dad will do anything and everything for me. <laughs> Newsflash. News There's flash. a limit. <laughs> he was using you. <laughs> Or to quote that one comedian, the bad, uh, the bad magician, yeah, somebody's fooling you. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Um, going back on your earlier points, uh, it is kind of interesting just how you know, kind of like Gibbs on NCIS, Walt, Walt mm-hmm. Longmire doesn't have much. He has still has like an old flip phone, and they take longer to diagnose any kind of crime scenes because they just don't have a giant csi type staff you know yeah well and i and i love how quirky like with gibbs you know you've got different quirkiness of the characters that are so synonymous like (laughs) totally in that first episode he's walking around picking up garbage you know and just tossing it loose in his in his his bronco and i'm like to me that would drive me nuts because you know it's just loose in the car but it's he he was of the mentality if it's if there's going to be someplace dirty i'd rather it be contained in something that's not out in the public you know that's so and i true. love how that ended up kind of helping clear him in it uh in the episode with the uh alcohol 
because you're like, I've been a Rainier man my entire life, you know? And it's just, it was, it was one of those things that at the time you're like, okay, that's innocuous. That's just a character quirk. But then like a couple episodes later, it pops up and you're like, oh, holy crap. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense why they took the time. Doesn't he say in one? Pick up the trash, pick up the empty beer cans and things like (laughs) that. You know, it's just wonderful. Anyone else would just be, yeah, taking the day off and not giving a shit. And yeah, it's like, okay, well, he's a very big Samaritan. And doesn't he say anytime when he's talking about dating and everything, he's like, I just learned to just look and listen. (laughs) He basically says something like that. And it's like, so that's why he's patient with everybody. But yeah, it's like, if it were a Gibbs, he would be like, are you done? Let's go. You know, after someone's given a speech, he's just like, well, I agree, partner. Let's go. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but yeah it's like he he is cleaning up highways he's doing all this other good stuff he even helps out at uh henry's uh the red pony bar at yeah. times yeah like, he ends up being a best uh, bus boy from time to time just to help his buddy out you know which is which just solidifies more of the type of person he is mm-hmm. you know he doesn't want to see anybody kind of fall behind if he can help it oh totally and it's just so hysterical without giving away too much how when Henry has to go on his own just dangerous pursuits that could mm-hmm. legally bind him, it is just so hysterical how you get to the end of the series and you're like, he's still the only guy who's gone away with lying to Walt. Usually Walt can look at your, you know, your bone structure or your eyes and, you know, kind of like on any of those other shows and he, he has a sense mm-hmm. that you're just not forthcoming with him and is like, Henry knows how to just play it cool and just say, "No, I was never there. What are you talking about?" A witness yeah. claim. Well, like, and it also I was there. And that yeah. kind of raises the question: like, <laughs> does he? Did he actually pull the wool over Walt's eyes, or does Walt respect Her- uh, Henry enough that Henry will tell him when Henry's ready? You know, so it's kind of like that that dual layer: like, is it because he actually got away with it, or is it because Walt's just that patient of a person, especially with him, you know. I think Walt was just dumbfounded. He just, this was like the only time where he's like, well, because don't you remember, like, I think later on, he kind of, he doesn't say he doubts himself, but he's like, I've never been more unsure. And so I think. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, he did. But but it it is, it, it does give you that gr- extra gray thing to where it's like it could be anything at this point in time you know and it could be but for all we know they might even had they gone on they might have even pulled a 180 and just said you know henry was helping someone else at this point and he just could yeah. not is like it could flat out could not tell the truth without giving away that person's cover and you know we're not even talking narcs or anything we're just talking just flat out just getting people to a safer area in time yeah. and there's so many times where people will just be vigilantes because they'll be retaliating some of the rednecks and mm-hmm. uh, doing, you know, for raping them or killing them, their friends. Yeah. I mean, there there's so many different themes of things that the show's covered that you could get lost in just the maze of topics. Totally. Like um, I, the, uh, the, arc that they did with uh vic and the uh the guy that had set up a compound 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Peter Stormore from Fargo and every other yeah. Ruckheimer thing, you know, as that basically anti-government. He, yeah. he might as well be a white supremacist because I mean he is just. Well, I mean that's kind of that's kind of how he ended up playing the character. I feel, but oh, like, <laughs> and it's funny like that. Ironically, ended up answering a question that a couple buddies of mine had had. Like, what what constitutes a compound? Is it you know just a a plot of land or it's like no? Apparently, it's a it's some kind of physical barrier that separates your land from the out the land outside of it. And it's like. Of all things to answer that question, it was long. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then when he's having to deal with all his other patsies, and it's just like, again, mm -hmm. anyone else would have lost their cool and probably just, just crossed that cool line in front yeah. of a jury, or like he stepped out of bounds and he just doesn't play into it. He just stares, just dumbfounded, just saying, You can't be serious. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. You kidnap someone. I had every right to break into there. But you got onto my land. That is not cool. This. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Um, and just, I mean, he, he, you just feel his essence even when he's not in an episode. And it was always cool how he would come back because it's like you would get caught up in another thing and he would just come back at the right point. And it's like, and now this is happening. And Yeah, then, the show was really good at layering multiple plots onto each other so that by the time you forget, you know, air quotes, forget about a plot, it'll creep right up like the uh, the cowboy bank robber. Yeah, yes, yes. Like oh, they had man. been touching, and it was funny, I didn't catch that, like the full brevity of that until like my second or third uh, rewatch, because at that point I think I was able to catch them, boom, 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 boom. Um, and it was like, you hear it on like the radio, you'll, you'll hear about it in the background and stuff. You might catch the odd remark here or there, but then it's like, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. That was a, that was a thread that they had dangled. Oh yeah. Wow. I had to go to you the workout for that one. I was just like, I, you know, other than the IMDB saying when the character has appeared in the past is like, I think I, I, I might be totally wrong. I think he was like credited as a different character. And I was like, so wait. Is he the same character? Or is he playing a different henchman, you know, or goon? Yeah. And uh, but like you say, yeah, it is like the radio is a radio is just so invaluable in a writer's room to just showcase what else is going on, and you can just often suspend belief that okay, so maybe it might not have happened twenty four hours from now, but someone would have heard it eventually on a radio. Mm -hmm. If the person didn't hear it on the radio, someone else would have heard it and talked about it to someone else, and you know, it's just more powerful to just show is like. Okay, so this is publicly aware, and it's disrupting some portion of the state mm -hmm. and a part of the community, and this is just going to keep growing. And I do kind of like that because it does kind of take a cool dog day afternoon kind of just an uncanny kind of robbery that is like, because mm -hmm. so many other shows will just kind of go batshit just for the hell of it. And this oh, one yeah. was just kind of like, okay, you know, I could actually kind of see something uh, outrageous like this kind of make the six o'clock news and we would never yeah. know about it except again the guy who brought him in the sheriff <laughs> yeah well and the thing that i think helps is the setting i mean if you'd taken these plot lines and dropped them in like a major uh, uh, metropolitan area they just wouldn't quite mesh like a bank robbery in like los angeles or new york that's probably more common Whereas, you know, Absaroka County, you know, the population density is not as large as, you know, <laughs> cities. So it kind of helps play into 
okay, something like that would be relevant enough to throw on the news or have a, a radio commentator commenting on it or, or what have you. So it's like, this was the perfect storm of layering <laughs> story-wise. Yes. And I loved it. Oh man. And it really does kind of, it does, it does make the community feel alive because when they started out, you weren't really seeing much of it except just, you know, the uh, elderly gal at the front desk. You were mainly just seeing the Native American reservations and it's like, mm -hmm. okay, well, now you got to expand your world. And they, they, by like the third episode, they, they went to town. They were not. Oh, absolutely. I'd say, yeah. Third, fourth episode that, you know, those, any those other first... show would have had an unrelated, just filler thing after, mm -hmm. you know, they get it going. It's like, no, we're not going to have a unrelated crime. We're going to actually have more of a unusual investigation into the guys who are like the main, it, that, it, that comprised the whole thing um i liked how walt had a old flame played by ali walker and here she is with her santa barbara and profiler co-star a martinez as jacob nighthorse yeah and i have had the honor of working with uh a Marti mr martinez on uh oh nice as a he was guest starring for like two episodes as like a crooked uh sheriff on uh queen of the south oh okay I, cool I, I could care less about the show but he was just so nice to this one guy who so long story short it was a busy uh restaurant scene and everything just quick day of filming and everything scenario and all and most of what you see makes it into the cut and they got this random extra to play a kid who he basically bullies and you know it was already kind of a non-union kind of set and everybody's just kind of so the you know a-list actors are way more forthcoming and actually interacting with the extras more so than like say maybe a georgia or california set might be but mm -hmm. it was interesting to see him kind of just mentors like like while everyone's setting up and everything he's talking to this extra and he's saying hey how about we stage it this way and that and i can give you that intimidating face and that'll be your cue to run here and that and it's like what a cool guy you're actually just tutoring this man yeah this young kid and yeah, he he often, you know, seems the type that he would try to mentor folks totally. on set if given the opportunity. Just from like the little things you you catch here and there that he posts online, he's really a interesting individual. I'm glad you had the opportunity to meet him. That's cool. Oh yeah, everybody, and it's just sneaking in all these jokes in between the advice. It is like and all the stories I've seen in some of these same Facebook groups we're a part of, and. It is like it, it seems like he's just a natural just joking storyteller it is like it that I, i'm sure you could have him over for a campfire and he would keep you up probably till three in the morning you'd be the best night of your life <laughs> very cool very cool but like you say i mean um it, it's so wild how uh we were talking about the characters who are just hard to pin down he he night horse martinez's character he's mm -hmm. just like uh, they start just showing even more layers to it. It's like, no, I'm not a thug. I own dangerous casinos, and I got the intimidation factor because there's always someone cheating in a casino. And mm -hmm. it, yeah, it, he he was one of those characters that they could have easily just went the stereotypical sleazoid, Scarface, Scarface ah, type. You got nothing on me. <laughs> but like they they showed like, and I love the 
the relationships he has with the different characters, it's not uniform. You know, he has the same relationship with every single character. You know, he has almost kind of like a, he views uh, Walt's daughter as almost surrogate daughter-esque at some point. That was a great portion because at first, oh, just absolutely. like anybody, if we were Walt, we'd be like, you are using my daughter to get to me. She's telling you all my secrets. Yeah. Casual conversation. And she's like, no, I'm being more of a fodder to her than you ever were. And he's just like, oh, you know what? I'm so not having, I should arrest you on that comment alone. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, and it's like, and some of those, in some of those relationships, you know, you can see the evolution of, you know, quote unquote mutual hate for each other but you see it kind of grow to okay i don't like you but i respect you now you oh know? totally and absolutely it's just so wild how he gets caught up in browning played by another battle star recruit colin keith rinney's thing mm -hmm. and uh well once again the real estate guy is uh joe mcraney's uh, barlow is like the, he keeps mm -hmm. saying to the connelly's is like i'm just doing business with you white man because you got great you know, income coming my way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't, I don't like you even remotely. I know you guys are scum of the earth, but I'm going to keep using you, you know, cause yeah. you're helping build my land. And it, he does kind of shoot himself in the side. He should have never allied himself with Malachi, the crooked native American cop who mm -hmm. gets put yeah. on bail, but you can understand why, because Malachi basically, he has a bunch of cronies who, you know, run a, do a lot of illegal stuff as like bodyguards and bouncers at clubs. And mm -hmm. when you just realize how you just grow to, I mean, Graham Greene, you know, here's another Native American actor who has been around just in everything. You know, just oh, yeah. I was going to say, I think he's been, he's had a, a mile, just about Geronimo, everything. Dances with the Wolves, Die Hard Free, and even most recently, Wind River. And you're just like, whenever you see him, you know he means business. He's like uh, Thunderheart is a historical western that i think many people who like this will definitely like um but yeah i mean i, I was just so impressed by how he played molokai because he has no shame at all in what he's oh doing. yeah he he the molokai character was like he was the I don't want to say Jabba the Hut of the of the series. But he was, he <laughs> yeah, was like that caliber. Mean, awesome. <laughs> of, he was that caliber of gangster. You know, he he kind of got a Alonzo from Training Day vibe. Uh, Denzel Washington. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, definitely. But it was like he's one of those people that if you know you crossed him, it's a matter of time. It's it's not a matter of if. It's You'll a matter never of never see it coming. He's got exactly. just too many men out there and. It's very awesome because it also plays into Henry's suspicions of a few people who are mm -hmm. folklore, and it helps Henry become kind of a legend when he's doing his own kind of vigilante kind of thing yep. against him. And Henry is not a dumb person, and he's not even just blinded by anger. He just knows that he basically has to bend a few rules as mm -hmm. opposed to, you know, going all Punisher or Batman where he's going to become a contrarian and and i mean he says it himself i don't speak in contractions you know <laughs> yeah well and that's the thing it, there there are these those little quirks of these characters that you don't realize how important they are until not at all the full picture you who would have guessed it's wild <laughs> you, absolutely wild 
when you see Henry, you were thinking maybe kind of he's just going to be a more casual kind of bar pal who, you know, mm-hmm. soaks up literally Walt's problems while he's cleaning and scrubbing down the, you know, uh, uh, dining room. And it's like, no, he's actually <laughs> listening to what's happening. He's multitasking. He's actually yeah. thinking of what he's going to do earlier in the day while he has his other bartender pals, uh, you know, start off. That is kind of an interesting thing. It's like, when he'll he'll open the place and then he'll close it and Mm -hmm. anything that happens in between is often when there's some trouble and he needs some time to just tell everyone hey uh uh you know uh all rounds are on me because i still want you guys to come back (laughs) i also want you to know that i'm not gonna tolerate any behavior and and Mm -hmm. they they quickly like you say they're they're always good at being unpredictable because when it started i figured it was going to be kind of just a season requirement for someone to come to his bar and just fret in him you know that's the Mm -hmm. season opener but they quickly did away with that because then you know he loses it to malachi yep he lost he lost it for a while we we already hate malachi because he's been responsible for framing henry along with the other guys he's been henry has been roughed up really bad in prison almost you know like if he were sent back and they didn't have all that extra evidence, he would have been shanked or probably. Oh, died. yeah. He, <laughs> he, 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 he would have been lucky had he lasted 24 hours. Oh, yeah. Because it's like they're all gunning for him. It's like they're going to do something or, and they didn't even need to bribe a prison guard or anything to get in. This is like they just, they, 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 it's a narrow prison. There's not much else to go except a corner. So, yeah. Um, Absolutely. Uh, but uh, even then, it's uh, like when it even gets down to uh, when Walt like encounters a crime. There's just they make such good use of the scenery to just kind of tell the story. He mm-hmm. never just pounces on out and just puts on his hat casually and says, "Well, howdy, partner." You know, he's always just kind of just looking around, just saying, uh, "No, absolutely." I reckon I know you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's it's kind of just a good just. Way to make it its own identity, as opposed to I'm the billionth, you know, see it too cool for school CSI law and order guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you you can tell there was a lot of care in the approach that they took to even even the the crime scenes. Yeah, it's and the other sheriff Wilkins, who's in the Cumberland County, just hates his guts. He's like, yeah. Walt, you, he's older than Walt, I think. I believe so. Yeah, and. He looks at it, at least. <laughs> it's just so funny how he's like, he's always calling Walt old, and you're like, oh, okay. And it's like, dude, are you sure Walt's the old one? Come on. <laughs> it's like, Walt wants to make sure he's got the right guy before he puts him in the cell, because yep. there's not much room. There's like two cells. It's I was going to say, there's two cells, and I, I distinctly got the impression the one cell probably never actually locked. <laughs> I kind of got that's a good point. I never thought of that, actually. <laughs> because it always seemed like they were using the one cell no matter what. <laughs> oh, totally. And, I mean, when he's – it kind of does go back to that whole kind of – this is where I feel like Michael and Robbins' production company, he was using a lot of the same directors and writers. And I think he definitely benefited because, you know, the closer was kind of his walk first run in here is, like, we're going to have a prime suspect gal who, you know, However this ends, someone is going to talk and we're going to get this crime resolved some way or halfway mm-hmm. at the end of the episode and while well, keeping your attention. And, you know, you had Rosalie and Isles, which 
kind of had a similar kind of like how you see kind of the diagnostic here where it's like you got everyone kind of having to actually determine their day based on where the evidence is and here with yeah. this like you say is like pretty much walt doesn't have any bargaining chip except just kind of calling everyone's bluff and half the time yeah. basically he would have to trick them that you're they're under arrest and he'd just say well okay so this is as gray as i get i might doctor the paperwork but at least i got the serial killer off the street as opposed yeah. to being like any of these other got good old boys who might have just rounded someone up but not really had a proper warrant or just arrested them just because they're the only guy at the scene you know i actually do yeah. want to make sure i got the right guy and he's not gonna kill someone i know or love or hear about the next day <laughs> and uh it's interesting seeing how they portray the media on this part of the town too because basically uh like when he's making the news he's just casual and he's just too boring for their taste and then yeah he doesn't be it's not until again when he's taken down gilbert the anti-government guy that he's becoming a sensation they're asking him all the loaded questions he's like why why are you asking about this guy why are you giving him attention <laughs> yeah yeah i like i really enjoyed that too oh and especially how with how the guy gets out is like yeah yeah i i wasn't even remotely thinking about that all these guys i mean i knew it as soon as i saw it but i didn't who would have thought that this flash mob was just his way of escaping yeah his cover yeah <laughs> we just thought it was just crazy supporters and they're masking their heads so they won't be arrested or found out mm -hmm. on the six o'clock news it's like no they're, they're they're all here so that he will break out in five days when this trial goes on a, over more longer than it actually should <laughs> yeah oh definitely it's it's the ingeniousness of how they execute things and didn't okay so my memory is failing me. I can't remember if he was about to win or if he lost. And it didn't matter either way. He was going to escape. But I, it seemed for a while his lawyer was just asking just so much, just, you know, loaded questions and pretty much destroying him on the sand. And Yeah, I think they were really trying to set it up where it looked like he was going to very likely win in spite of you know so that's the irony there is like he's going for the proper channels but at the end of the yeah. day he doesn't even want to pay his lawyer and he's gonna and i think anyway. that and i think that's ultimately what it boils down to you know this is a guy who trusts no one do we really think he's gonna trust his lawyer even though it looks like he might win probably not that's a good point and i mean if you're ruthless you're ruthless you'll play out whatever you got to do and he definitely mm -hmm. wanted his five minutes of fame because oh absolutely because i mean it just adds to you know his charles Manson his of, manner. <laughs> he's got yeah. all these guys who are just i like how it's not even necessarily gun nuts it's just like kind of back uh backwoods kind of people who are just yeah i mean i definitely demented. like well watching that whole arc it definitely got like uh i don't want to necessarily say I, I hate to i would hate to lump these folks into that category but the personality types that like fall too deep into the whole uh prepper category or doomsday enthusiasts yeah it wasn't like even that. a hickish kind of stereotype it was just more people who basically without even saying it these are the kind of people who just listen to alex jones all day you know it's just yeah oh yeah definitely it, definitely and, and i'm sure there's gotta be a bunch they don't 
detail any too many of them, but it's like, yeah, I, I definitely would not be surprised if some of them were in cells or just mass murderers. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely the there right would definitely time. be in in the Venn di- in in the Venn diagram of certain different demographics that you know I'm sure we're all kind of familiar with over the last. Uh, oh, it's just been years. a very tragic last few years because we're just you, seeing you know how- it would that Venn diagram would be very uh, circular. <laughs> yeah, it's like when it gets down to where it's not even I agree or disagree and it's more just people are just about to explode and just take out their anger on you and break the mm-hmm. law is like that's when you just feel very unsure about even going to the grocery store. <laughs> like there's some crazies yeah. like that out there. Yeah, definitely. Regardless of whether and because of how our laws are written, you know, <laughs> It's not like Minority Report where you can sense who is about to commit a crime and stop it. You know, it's like yeah. when it happens, it happens. Um, and you don't know who you can just actually turn back and just say, no, don't go along with this bullshit versus, okay, well, it was a long time coming and now they finally acted on it despite plenty of clear warning. Um, yeah. And... It, it, it does kind of it, it does a good job of also just showing that again Walt is always going to have his hands full and it's just a shame that it had to be this personal and he has to play it on the low again because he's just afraid of anyone again becoming a target. Yeah, he he is very good at doing his best to make sure he becomes a target rather than anyone that he has any kind of affiliation to. Oh, totally, and. It's just very interesting seeing how uh, Gilbert's other just cronies are harassing Vic continually, even kicks her ass while she's, you know, getting over her previous injuries sustained from them. Yeah. Because who doesn't like to fish in this community? (laughs) Yeah. And she's had some ups and downs with her husband and her... I I, I did dig how Lee Turgeson of Oz fame was playing one of Vic's X flames and you're like yeah. you didn't know that he was a philly cop you just knew he was a stalker and he's a crazy guy and you're like oh well he's both <laughs> and yeah he's walt's most uncommon friend even though he's already technically i think doesn't walt have to keep his the fact that he helped him secret because he would technically go against his jurisdiction or some shit i think so yeah i think there was uh <laughs> some uh questionable uh decisions there but yeah it's oh man it's, like i said it it's a it's wild how many layers the show has the characters it, it's definitely one of those shows that if you only watch it once you're not doing yourself any favors or the show it's yeah. one of those you got to watch <laughs> a couple times oh totally and like i you know i'd actually gotten my you know my dad into the show because of a an oops nice you know <laughs> did you recognize another westworld native uh julia jones as the uh native american uh gabriella who has to come forward with the fact that she was raped and abused by yes i was gonna say i knew there was a couple other actors from from westworld so or who would end up going in going on to being in westworld but yeah oh, it's, totally. it, it's one of those things it's it's a show that i'm glad to see everyone involved has been doing things beyond just Longmire, you know, like the Ferg, you know, he's, he's been in a couple different I light shows. up whenever I see him play a deputy and then something else. And yeah, <laughs> I think he's done a few conventions from what I recall. 
Yeah, well, I know all, I think darn near all of them had been doing Longmire days, which I think still is something that goes on. Oh, nice. Although now, you know, the world that, you know, the state of the world right now. With, hey, we uh, might get a seventh season. <laughs> hey, I would love, I mean, with the way they ended the series, they could easily not necessarily do another season, but they, they wrapped easily. it up. But I mean, what, what was that phone call? <laughs> yeah. Like I would love, like, I, I remember I was talking with um, somebody from Longmire Posse on Instagram. And I said, I don't necessarily know if we, we need a seventh season, but I know we need the further adventures of Longmire, be it, you know, you know, you know, heck, take a page out of the, the psych playbook. They're doing they <laughs> their third psych, the movie. It was so great. I just saw it last night. Oh, yeah. I, uh, my wife and I are going to be watching it over a uh, uh, Thanksgiving break. You are going to have that music stuck in your head for days to where oh, you're going to wish. Like, I, I love, I love that show, but like they could easily take a page out of their book once every year, once every couple of years, do a Longmire movie where, you know, get, get as many of the characters or the actors together as they, they can. And, you know, just do a, you know, have Walt looking for what he was looking for at the end of the series or totally figure out what that phone call was about, or, you know, it's just, they do could easily pull a Deadwood. Yeah. Still waiting on that Rome movie, by the way, too, HBO. <laughs> yeah. Rome was a good series. Oh, but man. yeah, like with Psych, I have to laugh. My wife hated Psych for about a year. Can't no one get enough of it. Well, it she she hated it for a year because uh when the Psych movie came out, her and I were at a convention and I'm like, Well, hey, I'm gonna stay up, I'm gonna watch this movie. Is that okay? Yeah, no problem. I'll just pass out, whatever. So I'm sitting there watching the movie and they had the little drummer boy come on. She oh, shot up out of bed and she's like, are you effing kidding me? Because she does those goofy like whamageddon little drummer boy, you know, music games where oh, you try nice. to avoid it. And it it destroyed her odds of surviving the holiday season without listening to that song. And I'm sitting there <laughs> like, go the heck, go the heck back to bed. You just, nobody cares about your silly game. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so after about a year <laughs> of listening to her still griping, dwelling on this, it wasn't really that bad. It was just every now and then, like if if she was in like a really heated, angry tirade, and she'd be like, and I still hate Psych because of the little drummer boy. Oh know, my just, God. It, yeah. And it was, it was all in jest because I, I could always tell like if she was really mad or not really mad, like. If she wasn't really right. mad, she'd throw that in as kind of like an audible cue that she's just <laughs> frustrated. But if she didn't bring it up, you know, bring home flowers, you know, make her a nice dinner or whatever. But I finally got her to sit down and watch it, and she loved it. And she's she's watched some Longmire with me, and she goes, okay, well, I don't know if I'm going to get around to actually watching the end of the series. How does it end? And I told her, and she's like, and at this point, uh, we had already started watching Psych. So not too long ago she'd actually said why don't they look at doing maybe movies like psych has because if the fandom you know the fandom's clearly large enough that there's constant interest why not you know not necessarily do it every year or every other year but throw out that occasional movie i mean heck netflix has got the capability to do it you know i'm sure they will they're bound to eventually just do a reunion movie i mean but we saw even with once COVID hit and every other cast of and crew of a show was like doing Zoom reunions. Oh yeah, 
Uh, I'm sure there's got to be someone out there who's uh, just trying to coordinate waters. something. And I'm sure someone's also just trying to even see what script idea could even work. Because the last thing yeah. you also want to do is do a reunion and then be like, and then we had probably the most lamest script that didn't stand well on even its own two feet, you know. And yeah, and it's got, and it would have to be done in a way that makes sense. Like with uh, Parks and Rec when they did it, it made sense. They even, you know, having um, Nick Offerman's wife, you know, real world wife, pop in. Oh, don't you know, worry. that made sense because, you know, in the show they had set up that for whatever reason, you know, his one ex-wife was obsessed with him. So, you know, it just, it, it works really, it worked really well. With Longmire, they'd have, they'd have to, they'd have to be very careful on how they approach it because we all know Walt's, you know, techno knowledge is kind of low because at the end of the series he has that flip phone. But at the beginning, right. he was using the, the radio, he was using still using a tape-based answering machine you know you're right <laughs> you know, and i love that like i remember the episode where we see him actually using a laptop that <laughs> that's right <laughs> like <laughs> i like i like paused it because i'm watching it on netflix and i'm like okay hold on what what's going on here what what what's the catch what's what's the rub what what are what are we not like i remember after watching the show seeing if there was a way that i could like zoom in to see what what he was looking at you know to see if maybe I could right. find, like, plot threads or something that they were alluding to it's just like wow you know it was it was interesting it showed an evolution of somebody at least attempting to catch up yeah he you know? he's not just even echoing the boomers he's just echoing even just uh grandparents who you know aren't going to be on their deathbed but who are just you know they they just have always just figured uh you know time will fly by but technology won't evolve and here he is he's uh -huh. like i do now that i've my daughter and i have reconciled our differences after this whole time by like season three they really at least they start to understand each other and yeah he he really does want to i mean he's so half the time he finds that he's gonna have to do his own side quests Mm -hmm. kind of like a video game where he'll uh he'll have ferg and vic he'll keep them busy doing other things holding down the fort while he goes and pays a visit to someone who he thinks is gonna intimidate people five episodes from now and yeah i do like how they involve the irish mob i thought that was interesting because it's like usually when they do other mafia kind of war stuff you know they just can't help it. They'll do just kind of a lot of playing to the camera and other stuff. And he, they kind of went more for his like, and this has been the one who's had his, you know, who uh, uh, Nighthorse has been looking over his shoulder for trouble yeah. times. And you see these guys and you think at first, okay, they're just intimidating, you know, bar flies who are, and you'll be on your way now. And it's like, no, that's a clue that they're going to actually come back next yeah. season and be responsible yeah. for some other murders. And to reveal that there's a crooked FBI guy, that was good casting on Raphael Sparge. You know, you guys might know him from various voiceovers and video games, but anyone who's seen Independence Day or Risky Business, you might also know, you might also know him as also a trader on Star Trek Voyager. So there you go. But um, yeah, I was... I found that interesting because like, okay, so that makes better sense because they would get word that, okay, these guys are wanted by the FBI. It's like, 
so why haven't they gone after him? They're totally yeah. Why hasn't place. that been acted upon? Yeah. Oh well, this guy is on his payroll, and <laughs> doesn't he get killed for his trouble by helping out Malachi and this Irish I, guy? I believe so. Yeah. Like I don't like look thinking back. I don't recall any any real plot threads or anything that had been established at any point pre like the last couple episodes that were left dangling. Like I, I believe they yeah. went, they had gone back and tied up everything very, very well. Man. <laughs> yeah. I, most everyone kind of, you can kind of tell they were just on a tight leash and I, Michael and Robin had a lot of his same guys who were working on the closer. So I think, he pretty much well instructed him. Was like, don't open too many canisters that you can't actually cover up. You know. <laughs> just, yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Like the only thing after a while. Yeah. The only thing that I, I was, I guess a little sad to not see, was that final thing that we saw with Ferg when he went back to the hospital. Yeah, he's trying to get a girlfriend at the hospital, and yeah, and um, I actually got to meet that that actress uh, because she'd since then moved on to Star Trek Discovery, woo! and I actually got to chat <laughs> with her about that. She goes, she goes, when they were filming that, I had I had just started filming with Discovery, and I couldn't leave filming for Discovery to film that. She goes, oh. but I love that they showed us without necessarily showing us yeah and doesn't she leave, she leave and, card. She goes, and you best believe what her answer would have been and i'm like thank you <laughs> those are always great to just yeah. get regardless of what's on the script versus what got cut or couldn't be filmed is like yeah is like, and it was just like she was an absolute sweetheart and such a delight to chat with so that was really cool and i mean if you're a tv actor you generally are gonna i mean you have so many hours in a day that you pretty much do have a spreadsheet in mentally and just other notes. And I've even had to explain to some family members before, because uh, my sister and I took some theater, you know, mm -hmm. she took it in high school. I took it in college and Rob especially I will credit to allowing me to make more prompt decisions in the heat of the moment without feeling peer pressure. And, uh, uh, have you ever had to explain to people the character backstory that actors create when doing research? I haven't had to, fortunately, but... Because <laughs> you know, uh, it seems like there's almost always an incident where some big, giant uh, mainstream director like Ridley Scott will get in a bickering with like the screenwriter and actor, and you're like, mm -hmm. well, you guys are technically all saying the same thing. And I'll be like, yeah. oh, no, no, we're not saying the same thing. Well, what's he bloody talking about? I'm like, he's talking about the same thing yeah. even we got that from what's on screen but it, it does seem like half the time if it's not two egos meshing with each other it's just how people are saying or listening to, to each other so yeah they need to do the walt longmire thing which is just look and listen and yep. it's just so funny how i will explain that to my mother at times and she'll be like wait wait so they didn't know what they were going to do with this key character and all that it's like yeah <laughs> they the person kind of knew and the writer knew or knew at least by the end of that season what to do with them and yeah yeah a lot of times you know these characters unless you get that one in a billion shot of someone who creates these characters where they have the entire lifeline of the character plotted out 
half the time they don't know where the character's going to end up by the end of the season, let alone, you know, five seasons from then. Oh, totally. Dude. And sometimes and sometimes you can tell when it's a, a habitual problem with some characters on TV shows because, like, their their character path arc always looks like it's all over the map, you know. But then some, it's like, okay, the character's got a high point in their life. Okay, here's where it's going to drop. Okay, and this is them rebuilding or recovering or what have you, you know. Oh, totally. And but yeah, it's it's I, wild when you're familiar with the process, even on a, a cursory sense, and you're able to be like, okay, this is where the character is going to have a mental breakdown or something. <laughs> Somewhere, like, however we end it, we got to get into this. And that is a good yeah. point because there's plenty and, of time. And a lot of times, if you're paying attention to the time of year, you can also pinpoint, okay, this is when the this is when the uh, the proverbial shoe's gonna drop, and then you know when they come back from their winter hiatus or back from spring sweeps or whatever, you know, <laughs> you can kind of tell. Like uh, my wife and I were watching um, uh, the Good Doctor. Okay, nice. and at the beginning of the episode, something had happened, and I'm like, yeah, no, this is the episode. Something's gonna happen. And I kind of like audibly made that remark and my wife was like, what? I'm like, something's going to happen. I said, I can't tell if it's going to be that character that's going to have the, the freak out or if it's going to be that character. Something's <laughs> gonna happen. And sure enough, I was right, you know, and it's just, it's one of those things. And it's not saying, you know, that a show has become predictable or whatever, but you've, it's just you've the grown, habit. yeah, you've grown to recognize this is going to be an episode that you're going to want to pay attention to. Yeah, the benefit of the there's doubt. there's going to be fallout. <laughs> or there's going to be ripples into the next episode or next couple episodes, as it were. Yeah. Totally. Oh, man. And uh, let, let me just say, yeah, I mean, uh, when I watch any of those one, uh, one Chicago shows, it does become a matter of it's like, okay, so however this ends, this person's going to exit one of five ways. <laughs> yeah. They're oh, going to be killed. Yeah. They're going to commit suicide. Mac has been telling me I need to watch the, uh, I think it was Chicago PD. I think you would dig that and fire meds, kind of a like it or hate it, but it's, yeah. they always have great crossovers and you actually feel like they're all part of each other's worlds because they're not like, uh, we're kind of like some of the other shows I've done where you can tell it was just a, uh, total bitch just getting everyone together on the same page trying to make it look like they're interacting with each other <laughs> yeah well yeah with like the ncis is you know there's NCIS and some of the DC crossovers stuff. with some like the <laughs> secondary characters but very rarely the primaries uh csi was like that back when they oh, yeah. had the trifecta on and the style was never the same so it just never seemed like everyone never was quite meshed page. yeah like <laughs> i think the two that were probably closest in tone might have been the original CSI and uh, CSI New York, I think. Uh, some... you're, you're thinking of, yeah. Uh, my, well, actually, no, I think it was Miami that crossed over with New York. Like well, yeah, York. yeah, because it went from CSI to Miami and then New York, but I think uh, Oh, yeah, you're talking about style. Lawrence Fishburne when he was there with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he did do a crossover there, too, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, they seemed like they were cool cats, old school guys who were on the same page, and the other guys, yeah. like you say, is like, 
we're gonna this is how we're gonna stage the scene this is how we're gonna end this scene and because we're on my show i get the last word <laughs> even though yeah. technically the other guy is always the one who gets the last word <laughs> yeah egos man um sometimes it's wild and sometimes like and like <laughs> you said you, you could sort of see that play out on screen not necessarily just behind screen it's like oh there's a little bit of an extra tone there to the way that guy delivered that line. I wonder what that's about, you know? Right. <laughs> so. Where's this going? <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I looked at how the closer progressed and in, into its major crimes continuation is like, they pretty much had it all figured out from the get go. And they uh, knew how they were going to write for the actors on like some shows where they're just not sure until it gets picked yeah. up. And I think because this was just again just in the can just ready to go i think they i mean they had i don't know how much of the books they read versus yeah i'm not certain how much from the books made it into the shows i know there's extended director's cuts of select season three episodes on the dvd so that's kind of cool but um it is kind of interesting how it only gets a tvma rating just because there's a uh, briefly intense sex scene in the finale. I'm like, this is not a TVMA show. I didn't see anything. This is TV for Yeah, <laughs> like I have to laugh. I've seen I've seen more TNA in the brief, you know, sex scenes in video games that right. show next to nothing. You know that that was that I've was a makeout more, session. Come on, <laughs> I've seen more graphic stuff in movies where there's just a lot of cleavage. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah, like this is not something I could not show a teen in some fashion, like other shows where you're like, "Ooh, boy, I really don't want them to hear that until midway through high school." You know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <clears throat> and uh, just even just seeing how the whole thing came to a fold is just seeing everybody's journey. I can honestly say I can't say any of it's ever the same in any season where I can't tell it apart. Like. Yeah, like I'm not saying that's necessarily always a bad thing with some shows, because you know our memory is all different and we remember stuff differently. But some shows, well, yeah, basically because a lot together. of times it's like what in that episode like caught your attention the most, and you know, like you said, that's different for different people. And I mean, even when they do a standalone crime, it still kind of foreshadows a lot of bigger issues. Like they deal with a lot of coal miners who are misbehaving and. You know, they they had like a few separate episodes like that. Yeah, that there was a couple with the coal miners. I I know there was I think a small workers. arc with um with a the oil company, the oil. Yeah, workers. and that's that pretty much. So when you see all this other stuff, you're not surprised that there's similar kind of scum who are just again just off duty workers got hammered and decided yep. to take out their rage on someone who they hated and yeah. It, it's and I like how they use those to like with the oil company because i believe vic's husband was like a i don't necessarily think he was like a vp but he was like some sort of high muckety muck yeah he never had time for her but she yeah had the financial well-being because of his association with that and as a result he eventually got involved with shady types you know at the top and and like you say i mean this gets us all in the mood by seeing a bit of this expo so we're not surprised when we see more of it and mm-hmm. like you say other shows kind of like to if not jump the shark kind of just jump into it too quickly 
and yeah. end abruptly and you're like whoa i didn't even have time to process that i still don't understand what's going on <laughs> yeah well yeah and that's and that's the thing that the show you know progressed and played out in a very i think meaningful and fulfilling way yeah vic just was able to confess is like i love walt and i'm know how to be an independent gal and his daughter you know learns how to you know, she had an opportunity of her life and then just realized, you know, the unlikely, you know, boss who mm -hmm. she just can't work for because he's just cutting a few barriers she's not comfortable with and yep. who becomes an unlikely ally for her is like, that was just a wake up call to her saying, you got to actually do a job that you love and you got to mm -hmm. make time for it. And uh, it was the cool seeing how she's just like okay you know i've been hard-headed at times and <laughs> yeah oh and it's and that's the thing like at that point you're seeing her like yeah yeah i'm definitely my dad's kid you know, <laughs> you know. what else would i be i am a longmire and um it, it, it i mean ferd i can kind of see him do you think he'll run to be a sheriff at some point or will he just give it up and just go be with his new love interest I don't know if I could. I don't know if I'd see him running per se. I could see him being the. Well, if no one else is going to do it, I'll do it. I kind of, that makes type better of, sense. Type yeah. approach, you know. He'll serve as a deputy. Uh, I mean, even that. Um, even that that other deputy that they brought in uh, post branch. I think his name was Barry. Or that might oh, be the. Oh yeah, that's right. The other the yeah. guy who everyone was like, "Why did you pick him? He's a wimpy." I'm like, "But he's human." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it yeah. was just so funny how all the other guys who were trying to be deputies were ones who were doing crimes. That was such a fun. Yeah, arc. like that, like that whole that whole thing, kind of gave me a weird uh, vibe from House when he had all those little uh, uh, medical students and whatnot trying to be. Oh yeah, his new team. <laughs> I'm like, what the heck, you know? And then it's like, okay, I can see why Walt's doing this, but it was just like that. I don't want to say sticker shock, but that like that initial shock of wait what you know when they introduce her you're like he's not leaving the show is he and it's like no yeah, they're I'm just like, doing don't. a they're introducing yeah. a new storyline and they're using shock value to get your attention but yeah, yeah. and i just thought that was really 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 clever with the way it, in hindsight it was clever it? in the moment it was kind of like wait a minute <laughs> one of them i recall ends up dead i think after threatening a lawsuit against uh, the new deputy and then wasn't one of them also involved with night horse or malachi yeah well i think one was supposed i think one was a plant by malachi that's what i was just gonna say yeah, yeah. <laughs> to get a, mole, a man on the inside so to speak and mm. yeah i think one had died the one was a mole and i yeah i believe they had tried to pin it on uh the new guy yeah, so, yeah. exactly and because he had already intimidated that same guy he was threatening all kinds of stuff he's like i'm not sure sure if i should tell walt if that would implicate him or make me an alibi yeah. um so. no I, I, that that totally makes sense I, I can i can see him being a sheriff and just kind of doing a lot of the same kind of stuff it seemed yeah. like night just horse, with Ferg's own little style you know <laughs> oh totally it seemed like malachi we know got hunted down kind of like by a lot of his cronies so i, th yeah. I think you could say if there's that would actually be a cool reunion movie if Walt basically has to gets word that there might be an assassination in town tonight, that there's someone from out of town. 
uh, I could see something like that. That would be a cool. They'd pull kind of yeah. like they did with other shows, where someone uh, gets word of some impending disaster and just says, you know, well, I'm already back in town, so I'm just gonna, I'm gonna lay low and you know, yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna stick around here for a bit and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, see if I can lend a hand somewhere. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> yeah, if. If I scare the guy off just by him seeing me, that, that that's good enough for me. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, like, speaking of shows that are doing kind of like reunion-esque things, the CSI Vegas, I think they're doing a really good job at kind of revisiting the old cast, but introducing, you know, new takes on things. And that's been a kind of like a breath of fresh air for that type of thing, you know. Well, and every every show eventually has to do that, and it, it seems like so many people will quit a show just because someone left. And I'm like, well, I guess no one else was interesting. I mean, it's an all star cast. There's going to be someone who has to go. Oh, absolutely, yeah. An actor schedule, and, or <laughs> yeah, and with a lot of shows, a lot of these procedural type shows, I think people forget. You know, just like the real world, you know, these characters aren't going to stick in the same job for. 20 30 years oh, you totally. know eventually they're gonna find a different priority yeah when when svu started out it was basically the munch and stadler show you know and it was yeah. just so funny how no one would have ever suspected that finn would be there after he joined in season two or that mm-hmm. or that vincent would actually grow as a character and you know try and get over her personal tragedy that got her into this uh yeah uh copland and it is interesting just seeing how some people just can't take certain evolutions of certain characters regardless of and you don't know if it was just how it was filmed and edited versus it was planned that way and it just still didn't cut the mustard it just needed a little something more or because some people like to get too complex and that just becomes very underwhelming because it's just convoluted oh yeah like with (laughs) With show, with some shows, it's like they build the character up too much where they can't find their piece, so to speak. There is no real satisfactory ending. Like an, uh, a show that some people got upset with with the ending, uh, Supernatural. Hey, that's a good point, because it's like it was like always bringing a crowd, and yet it's like it's been on so long yeah, I mean, that show lasted 15 seasons. Any show would, you know, there there are shows out there that would kill, good, you know, kill people, kill someone to have that chance, you know. Mm-hmm. And like I told my, because my wife is actually the one that got me into that show. And we were talking after, after we had seen the show and we gotten choked up because it, it was a, it was a beautiful ending, but it was also an ending that you could tell they didn't quite give you what they wanted to give you. So they gave you as close as they could because of everything going on in the world with COVID and Aries Yeah, they were working. Like that. That's another show that there was always going to be someone who's sore about it, who yeah. just doesn't understand but how filmmaking works, let alone Absolutely, how. yeah. And I had told, you know, I told my wife, I said, I'm glad I'm happy with the way it ended because we knew the only way the only way that show was going to end was if blank died and blank moved on 
and did what someone you know, had to die. One of the brothers yeah, someone had to had, go. Someone had to die and someone had to live for the other one, you know, kind of. And you know, that was the ultimate played. brotherly bond. But absolutely. And the way it played out made sense for the characters. And I mean, at absolutely the same time, sense for the sometimes you just got to soak some of this stuff up after it ends. You know, you don't, oh, absolutely, you don't get it yeah. in the moment. Like and, you, you need, you need that, that time to process it you know because there were people who would even complain about it who kind of loved hate watching it i'm just like yeah okay well maybe just step back and come back when you're in a constructive mood because so many people seem to forget there was a time when you watched tv before you went on twitter and exploded on it the next day so it just seems like yeah we're in that kind of just very raw just kind of uh people are being blunt but not realizing how they're being so over the top and yeah it, it gets even more annoying because like you say i mean when you've gone for so many showrunners of a long-running show and that you keep getting picked up because people are still tuning in and you don't know how to end it and then yeah you finally agree on an ending after you know long after the cast has already been picked up and try to move on to other stuff is like it's you it's compromising it's it's a business guy so it's oh yeah absolutely yeah yeah i mean there there are very few shows that get to end how they want to end like i remember babylon 5 you know there was always the question of are we going to get picked up next season i don't know but maybe we should kind of try to wrap things up that's a just good enough point of a cliffhanger just in case you know because he had a five-year arc in mind but at the same time he always had to adjust it like he even had to yep. replace characters arcs with yeah arcs. I, I remember he had said in an interview that each season had a trap door design that they could kind of like plop mm -hmm. in at any yeah. point if an actor had to bail his words and exactly only, and i think they ended up having to to do that I think with only one actor. I think Andrea was, uh, Thompson uh, had to yeah. be replaced by. Uh, or no, Lena. two. It was uh, it was her and uh, Claudia Christensen. Yes, uh, yes, yes. And I believe those were the only two, and I and I don't think it was any. Oh no, three. Sorry, uh, Sinclair. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. See. And that one, uh, the showrunner had actually he had made a promise to the actor that he would not reveal why he left. Yeah, in, no one knew about his dementia passed. for years. And I had yeah, a friend who was watching passed, it. Yeah, and after he had passed, I'm like, you know, that just broke my heart because it's like, oh my God, you know, I couldn't imagine having that kind of career and going through that. That was just... Oof. Yeah, and I, I think the thing is, he was such a fan favorite, but people weren't paying attention to the trades at that time. It, it was just part of the compromise. The yeah. studio said that if you want to keep it on the air we need a bigger star power let's get Bruce Boxletner from Scarecrow yeah. and Miss King and Tron on and like you said I mean we we dug him as a captain but critics weren't totally enthralled by him they didn't think he had much he didn't click with the rest of the cast so it was just one of those it was a weird again it and again he was having trouble memorizing lines so eventually he had to go J. Michael the creator had to go ahead with the compromise and yeah it's and I mean, it, it does kind of, it does kind of make you wonder, like, what if, you know, he had a better control over, over what was going on, and you could have seen that dynamic between, because apparently the Sheridan character was a character, they had, a, they had it, 
at least in the inception plans. Yeah, he was either going to be like to bring a in. recurring guy or the second in command, and they didn't know how or when. So it's like, okay, yeah, well, it's so your it's show. Interesting. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's it's wild when these shows are able to be given a chance to play out, you know, how they want. And I think, like, to kind of circle back on it, Longmire is the total exception. Yeah, like Longmire, Longmire, you know, it got canned on A and E after three seasons, I believe. Three seasons and, and then got I, picked up on Netflix. Have you I ever mean, seen a show last four seasons on Netflix that's not Stranger Things? It seems like they are in instant cancel mode half the time or they give well, it one season. I don't yeah, I think Netflix falls under the if it's not an immediate success within like the first week, they forget sometimes too much to choose from. They really haven't figured out how to promote stuff either. Like, you'll see it, but half the time, I I find stuff by accident or by people yeah. recommending it. And it's like, yeah, I, don't, like, I don't get the notifications of this movie is now on Netflix that everyone should have seen by now, but everyone's rediscovering. <laughs> yeah. Like, and it's funny, like, I can always tell when people are rewatching Longmire or watching Longmire for the first time because they stumble upon my website. So it's just, it's oh, funny nice. that it's, we'll read it's your funny. reviews and <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just comical. Cause I'll like some, you know, every now and then I'll get an order for, you know, a couple patches or a badge or whatever. And I'm like, okay, somebody must've found Longmire, you know, it's, that's and it's cool. an unusual crowd too. You're getting, you're, you're seeing people in their sixties talk about it. You're seeing people in their oh, 20s yeah, like, and forties. You're like, Whoa. This yeah. And, and it's funny, it's not exclusively just here in the United States. Like I've got I've had a couple people from like New Zealand, oh, Australia. <laughs> I think I had somebody in France order something. And it's just like, okay, apparently Western, you know, neo-westerns are are popular in France. Cool. I wouldn't have guessed that, but Okay, right. so to so backtrack, yeah. uh Nathan has a wonderful cosplay of Walt Longmire that he has and um so um I guess you can let everyone else know um, what you use to study it yeah. other than high def photos. Um, <laughs> well, uh, you know, was it easy being, to find a lot of that stuff on like online cowboy wear sites? Some of it. Um, well, yeah, with, with trying to having fallen in love with the, the Longmire show, uh, I go to conventions, I dress up as different characters. What actually started me in this whole process was I loved SG one and I'd Woo! found a, a group of people <laughs> And that stuff's not cheap, you know. You're talking. No, military. if you're gonna dress up as a Jaffa or a. <laughs> oh God, yeah, you dress up as a Jaffa. That's all custom-made stuff and custom tailored. You got to do a mix of Egyptian-looking as well yeah. as and other Aztec stuff. and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. When I was but making with... a few horror characters that were kind of cold stuff, I was literally taking elements of those other costumes and having to strip half of them in half. <laughs> just oh to yeah, make it's mask. It, it's insane. But yeah, with that, you know, I'm kind of a geeky looking dude in general. So, you know, I'm like, okay, well, I'll do, you know, Daniel Jackson from SG1. You know, my hair's kind of, <laughs> you know, kind of the right shade of brown and I, I right. wear glasses enough, you know, so why not? So I'd gotten into that and uh, through there, you know, I got familiar with how to do some research for costume stuff. And a lot of times it was, okay, find as close to as much detail from costume part, which involves with a... Uh, getting screenshots which screenshots mm -hmm. of things can be kind of tricky because you type in screen caps of insert show and you'll get either 
feast or famine in regards to what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. And with Longmire, it was one of those, I typed in Longmire screen screenshots and then screen caps. And it was a lot of like the promotional stuff that was going on or being shown off at the time. And I'm like, all right, I appreciate what these folks are doing, but it's not good enough. So <laughs> I'd go in, you know, I'd, I'd spool up pause Netflix on the laptop and I'd, I'd pause it and then zoom, you know, take a screenshot with my computer and zoom in with this Photoshop. Before and, they, it became a blank screen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I really appreciate it. I really appreciated whoever made that decision, but I get it. They probably did it because of people bootlegging their, their product and stuff like that. So I, <laughs> I understand it, but it was just kind of like, come on, you're, you're killing your costume fans. But right. uh, so what I'd do is, uh, you know, I'd take a, a screenshot, I'd zoom in on like the boots or his, uh, the revolt, the, the 1911 revolver that he runs around with and just the different things and just try to get a good shot of what it looked like so that I could find it elsewhere. And like the holster I'd found, the, uh, his sidearm I'd already had because that's the one of the sidearms that I found for SG-1. You know, his shirt, his pants, denim, you can find it just about anywhere and everywhere. Oh, like the even coat, on certain Wiccas, they're hard to even find certain exact photos that you're looking for that. Exactly, yeah, because he's got like, I think I counted like eight different shades of denim shirts i think five different cuts of jeans like colors of jeans that he wears and so it always looks like they're relaxed fit jeans but it's like okay is this dark blue light blue <laughs> stonewashed is it how blue? it's, it's like, lit what you yeah. know can i get it behind oh, and that's the another thing photo. it's like the lighting <laughs> the lighting rule really mess with you too that's like with anybody that did costume for sg or stargate atlantis those jackets, depending on what, what the lighting, it was either gray or blue. Same jacket, but the lighting really changed the way the fabric looked. But yeah, so like the jacket, I'd found someone, someone online had found the manufacturer that had made the coat. So I'm like, okay. So I just, on a, on a whim, I emailed the manufacturer to see if it was like a one-off coat or if it was something that they were actually like, yes, this is a coat that is available commercially, you know, here it is. And sure enough, it was. And I don't think the coat was like insanely expensive. I think it was like maybe a, it, it was either 80 to to $100 somewhere in there for like a heavy, like this is a coat that if I'm stuck out in the middle of the wilderness in the dead of winter, I am having this jacket with right. me because There's a double... it is coasty warm. It's got a nice thick... <laughs> Uh, hide coat, uh, leather, like leather suede exterior, thick padding, you know, it, it's one of those, it'll keep you nice and toasty warm. So that was a relative <laughs> Both easy... a costume and a cosplay. Exactly, yeah. And that was one of those things that was, relatively speaking, easy to find. His hat was tricky because it... I forget the t the proper term. Unless for you it. ask the set designer or wardrobe guy. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd found, you know, again, I found some good head or some good uh, promotional photos of where you know he's got his head kind of turned face on, so that you can <laughs> see it perfectly straight on. And I had to find a hat that was the right color, right you know shape. Mm -hmm. But the only hat I could find did not have the right bridge to it, the, the crown of the hat. So I'm like, son of a 
you know, I'm like, all right, well, I'm with you. I used to how, dress up. How as... tricky is this thing going to be to reshape? It can't be that hard. Famous last words. So, mm-hmm. you know, I went online and I, I'd gotten into a couple different groups and I said, you know, I've got this cowboy hat. I need to reshape, you know, the crown of it. How do I go about doing it? Well, a couple of people, you know, a couple of naysayers like, yeah, you can't. I'm like, oh, great. You know, I just spent this money on a hat that I can't do it. Well, I could still wear, but I can't it's do anything. About the effort, but yeah. So yeah. the one guy, the one guy sent me a message and said, uh, here's what you're going to need to do. It's not going to be a, a quick process. This is going to take you, he goes, depending on how, how well it works out, it could take you a couple hours or it's something you're going to have to come back to and just work it. Cause he goes, the way a lot of cowboy hats are done is, it, they're designed to kind of take a bit of a beating and eventually return to their original shape because the mm. way the, the fabric is and everything is treated, <laughs> it's, you know, supposed to have that rigid to look you know, rugged. memory. It's yeah, that rugged. ruggedness, you know. So he said, what you're going to need to do is, you know, moisten it with like a spray bottle, you know, just use regular water and just, you know, a hairdryer on like medium to high as you've got it soaked you don't want it soaking wet so that it you know it could deteriorate everything but wet (laughs) enough that you could kind of mold it i'm like okay cool thank you that that's the information i needed you know i appreciate it so i was able to get the hat pretty close but the thing so and with the cowboy boots i think he had like two or three different cowboy boots that he would wear in the show so i found a pair that looked kind of close so that's great the bulk of the costume I had, but something that I was missing that I knew I just, you know, as they say, chef's kiss, I needed that final <laughs> little minute detail was his badge. Well, oh yeah. To take a sidestep, my day job is I make novelty IDs for for people, for people who do costumes and stuff, based off of pop culture and TV shows. If there's an ID card in a TV show, Odds are good I either have it available on my website for the character, like, for example, uh, we mentioned it earlier, NCIS. I have a bunch of the NCIS characters on there, but I also have the ability to put your face and information on on these IDs. Now, with the the caveat is, all these IDs are are for entertainment and entertainment dude playing a dude disguises another dude (laughs) yeah so you know these are these are for fun nothing nefarious type right so i got into the same predicament when i know x-files fans would do that you know they would try and make themselves look like the and the funny thing is i was at a convention with this business where i was in like the virginia richmond area and this guy walks up and he pulls out his wallet and he picks up one of my IDs and he's looking at it and he flips it over and he starts laughing and he's got his wallet out and I can just see the edge of like a brass. <laughs> and I looked at my wife, I'm like, um, I might be going to jail. And she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, uh, I'll tell you later. <clears throat> and I said, can I help you, sir? And he, he's like belly laughing, like trying to be silent about it, but you could tell he's laughing internally. And uh, he didn't show me his ID or anything. But he closed his wallet up and put it back in his thing. He said, um, I like how you have the, the disclaimer here on the back of your ID cards. I said, well, you know, I got to cover my, my butt just in case somebody does something incredibly dumb. And he starts laughing again. He goes, well, I greatly appreciate that. He goes, I can't tell you how many boxes of this stuff that I've had to confiscate from people. 
Oh man. And and I made like the shoe box size. He goes, no. And then I went like the the boxes that you use for like when you're moving. He goes, yeah. I'm like, holy crap, you know. So I got to chatting with the guy, and he goes, this is really cool. He goes, you. He goes, you're not in trouble. He goes, but what got you to do this? And I told him, you know, it started because I wanted an ID card from Stargate. You know, I wanted one with my face <laughs> on it. And he he goes, and and people. And I thought, well, yeah, people love having the ability to have their face on the What camera. area was this yeah. in, by the way? <laughs> it was in the uh, Richmond, Virginia area. Oh, nice. Uh, so, so uh, fun I'm, fact cer- for you. I'm fairly certain he worked for one of those alphabet agencies, you know. Oh, but uh, it was just comical. And I got to chatting with the guy because he said, do you have anything, do you have anything uh, different? Like, is it just the ID cards that you're working with? I said, well, you know, I, I had been kicking the idea about doing like the metal badges and stuff. I go, but I don't, I'm not familiar enough with the laws and stuff about those. I said, with the ID cards, I know the disclaimer on the back is sort of like the general catch-all saving my butt type thing. He goes, yeah, and he, he goes, the way you have it word, worded is pretty much cut to the point. <laughs> he goes, but um, yeah, with the ID, he goes, with, with the metal badges, he goes, there are some things that you have to watch out for. And he goes, uh, do you have a pen and paper? I said, yeah. So I handed it to him. And he jotted down a law for me to look up. And ironically, I think I have it sitting here in one of my tubs. But it, it's a law that actually goes through what a metal badge is allowed to be sold for. You know, collectible, collectible, private collection. And they're looking uh, for all kinds of things. They're looking for fans who might oh, be yeah, like actual firearms or other people yeah, who just causing trouble. Yeah. Yeah, and so he's like, as long as you're selling it and you have this with you whenever you're selling your, your stuff at shows, you're fine. You're, you're safe. He goes, matter of fact, with a lot of your IDs and stuff, if you're modeling it off of something from a TV show or movie, they've already jumped through the hoops to make sure that it looks like nothing like the real thing. Oh, yeah. He goes, and so take that, with, take that uh, as you will, so to speak. I'm like, really? And I'm like, okay, cool. I heard so, uh, that about military movies too. Like, it's so wild how you hire all these advisors, and they can't absolutely. show you certain moves because that's confidential. Yeah, uh, and they still have to reverse the like the logo upside down because it's technically you're making yeah, money out like, of the military. And, so, yeah, one of the things he had actually told me was if I'm going to be using a ID or a agency's logo do not use the current generation iteration of the logo because that is the, you know, you will get, you will get in trouble if you use that. Exactly. Because don't pull an X files where their IDs were spot on for what was in circulation at that mm-hmm. time. I'm like, or a good to know. I greatly appreciate that. Or so, a Tom you know, Clancy he, where the feds come to your house and say, you got to cut out that chapter of your book. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I was really appreciative that he, uh, he was able to give me some advice and everything. And then he actually ended up turning around and buying a bunch of stuff from us, which is really cool of him. But uh, yeah, so through that point of contact, I'd started looking at metal badges and stuff. So I kind of had that in like my back pocket, but I'm looking around online for somebody that was selling the uh, metal badge for the, for Longmire. And I'm like, all right, you know, I'm finding people that are selling generic looking sheriff badges and things like that. I'm like, well, at the time I had, uh, I think it was 
shield from oh, uh, agents of shield yeah yeah agents of shield shield i had uh gotham or i was about to get gotham there's like there was like five or six metal badges that i had already at the time i knew one guy in my area and yeah. there's a lot of ncis fans but not many who cosplay but there was one guy who was gray-haired who would go around looking like agent gibbs and he would try nice. and look like a bunch of other characters and nice. i would keep I went to a few Halloween parties where we would dress up and everything, and a bunch of pals were doing all kinds of cult characters, like people from classic crime movies and Breaking yeah. Bad. It was fun, but I was going as Jack Bauer from 24. Perfect. I didn't bring Why the not? ID. There was a costume there, but I would also kind of customize it. Like I would try and have like long blue jeans, and I had. Well, a- you always got to have kind of like your own personal touch to it. Too. Oh, totally. Yeah. I, I had already a very cool brown coat that my grandfather had given me years ago. And so nice. I was, he wasn't ever going to use it. It's from like the fifties. So oh, nice. <laughs> it was very awesome. And I'm like, yeah, so it's nice. your exactly own what... personal touch. Oh, very totally. Cool. And much like all those superhero things and X-Files, I, I wasn't going to mess with the costume, but I was still going to wear the CTU badge and logos. Yep. And I, I was like, I would even tease on Facebook. I'm, I'm, I'm playing Jack here. Now, where's my Tony Almeida and you know, all my other agents? Nice. <laughs> and some but people yeah. would buy it, and other people kind of were like your Longmire crews, where they were just being sarcastic asses, not contributing to the argument, and that got a little annoying. It's like, come on, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I know you're out there. But <laughs> yeah. <be> shy. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, with the Longmire um, costume with that badge, I'm like, I'm scouring everywhere for it. And I'm like, you know what? It exists. I swear it exists. I, you know, I, I, I know it's got to exist. If it doesn't exist, I'm going to make it exist. So the company that I deal with for the metal badges, I contacted them because at that point, all the badges were flat. You know, they had a flat backing to them. And, uh, and that was just dumb luck. You know, every badge that I had at that point picked to produce for, for the business just happened to have that black flat or a flat back to it. So I'm like, is there any possibility that you guys can do kind of like a curved badge or kind of like a a dome badge? Okay. (laughs) And they're like, well, yeah, we can do that. I said, okay, I'm going to send you uh, a digital mock-up of what it looks like with some production, like some screen captures from the show and some production photos that I'd come across. Um, Let me know you know let me know the details and everything okay not a problem and over the course of like a couple weeks of making sure the colors were right and the spellings were correct and the number and and all that you know a month later i have in my possession a box of longmire badges because i wanted one (laughs) for a costume and like i remember my wife looking at me like you spent how much on these because you wanted one? Yeah. Why didn't you just get one made by insert the popular badge makers? I said, well, here's the problem with a lot of those insert popular badge makers that you can, you know, if you do a Google search, <laughs> they will not make metal or they will only make badges for people in those fields. You actually have to show them proof that you are in law enforcement. <laughs> And she's like, wait, what? I'm like, yeah, that, that it's they do that way because that's the badge they'll run around with on their work uniform just in case something happens to it. They don't have to shell out a huge fine to their bosses because they lost mm. 
something, yeah. you know. And she's like, I'm terrified that you know that. I'm like, well, you know. <laughs> you know too much. We're going to have to silence <laughs> and, you. And she goes, okay, so how much did you spend? I'm like, I'm not telling you, but I'm going to put these on the website. Okay, how long are we going to sit on these? I have no idea. Well, it was around that time I'd gotten contacted by some, because I'd put a like a, a feeler out on the business's website, and I think even through my personal website, or my not the business's website, uh, the business's Facebook page, and my Ooh. personal Facebook page. <laughs> and a couple people had reached out and said, well, are you going to do the uh, the patch? I'm like, Whoa. I I don't need the patch. I needed the badge. But then a couple people were like, well, you know, what about people that want to dress up as Vic or Branch or, or the Ferg? I'm like, all right, fair point. So <laughs> I was so, trying, I would always even do that when I was doing a fan film. And yeah. I had to give them up because, again, you had people who just didn't watch too much TV and thought that their ego headed careers were going to go somewhere and they didn't seem oh, to yeah. realize it's like, you are both playing the role because you look like the character, but mm -hmm. you have to sound like it. Oh, I want to be me. No, that's not the point of a fan film. It's barely, yeah. you can't even, you can't, you can slip, you pay you me? You slip into the literal shoes of the person you're trying to be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Can you but pay yeah, me? So... Probably not, because much like, I mean, like you say, it's fair game when you're a costume guy for cosplays. Exactly, yeah. They've been able to weave around it saying, it is arts and crafts. We are not claiming to remark it. We just have to give a disclaimer saying we do not represent the interests or viewpoints. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's not just so, Star Trek that does cosplays. It's everybody now. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like I've seen people cosplay stuff that I would never have even thought. And I, I, I howl at the ingenuity that some of these folks, but yeah, so I ended up reaching out to the company that did the, the badges and said, Hey, you guys do patches, right? Yeah. Excellent. Perfect. Here you go. And then I got patches. Well, I put these, I put these things on my website and if I sold one, I was happy because that means it was worth it. It meant that somebody else there out in the world, someone wanted somewhere. that badge, saw the show, loved the show enough that they wanted a memento. Yeah, everyone seems to think it should just yeah, be and, like a spaceship and, model or a cup of water. And it's like some of us want a little other just like thing to just let yeah, people it, know we love exactly, it. Exactly. Yeah. So lo and behold, it was popular enough that. I've had to reorder my inventory from them. And, and I haven't funny, seen like, any right? other Western do that other than Justified, which yeah. I think is a similar it, show, which knew where it was, where it was going, had source material to flow. Absolutely, yeah. And ironically, it just seems like you got to be like a cowboy from a sci-fi epic or a cult yeah. movie in the 80s, and now we're making fun of it. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if someone went as... Frisco County Junior. I've seen people do it at conventions. Really? It's, okay. Awesome. It's a hoot. It's a hoot. Yeah. But Seeing yeah, so who you recognizes know. who gets it? They're like, "Are you playing Ash from Evil Dead?" Well, kinda. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's funny. Like I, I walked up to somebody at at a at Dragon Con a couple years ago. Oh, sweet. And I, I, I leaned over to him. I said, "Are you dressed as?" I forget exactly who it was at the at now, but at the time I knew exactly who they were, and they're like. Yeah, you're like the first person. I'm like, really? I'm the first person to figure out who you're dressed as uh, at a place like this where there are people running around no. anime characters, <laughs> wrestlers, to mashups of like steampunk, goth, and uh, 
all together and you and someone didn't reckon it wow okay that's awesome you know <laughs> and i gave him like a fist bump or whatever you know but still it's just funny Man. but yeah so with like the, with the badges i i've discovered how much love there is out there for longmire and it's just it's, it's very it, awesome it just um, gives me hope that we're i'm it gives me hope that we've not seen the end of that you know universe give it 10 more years we'll see what's brewing yeah the, the, I mean, they'll be in need of extra paychecks and just be tired or somebody of will come up with like a great idea or or, or katie, i can see it now there's a comic con convention and robert taylor and katie sackoff are both saying well one of our kids just said you know uh, when, did, when are you coming back? When are you coming back? I want to know what happens next. So and I, I, I had to fulfill their wishes. <laughs> and, yeah. And the oh, cleared. And the, <laughs> I love the I show. Mean, yeah. I mean, with Katie Sackhoff doing Another Life, which love it. I'm partway into that second season. That seems to be pretty popular. And I can do really an episode well with her. you on it if you want. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Isn't um, it wild, though, how people know she has a show and it doesn't seem to have gotten as much uh, love as the other Netflix stuff. And I'm like, well, people should check this out. Cause yeah. I mean, it, it's one of those shows that the, the premise just seems kind of peculiar, but the execution of it's fascinating. I was even, I would describe it as dead call meets arrival. It's got that kind of whole deal. Yeah. I could see that vibe. Where, where you got, I mean, I've even told people who just love the design of movies like Alien and other stuff is like, you got to check this out. This is some yeah, it definitely sci-fi. has that Alien esque vibe to it with the way it's like shot and, and everything. And so. I mean, such an unusual cast. And I think I think that's her trend too. I mean, when she joined the Mandalorian, she once again you're joining an unusual cast that has that just does seem to be her brand, doesn't it? Like she just joins the very peculiar casts it used to be yeah does anything sci-fi horror goes and it's like then i think after she was on 24 and csi she just realized i'm gonna join anything whether you know i was part of it already or not i mean she joined a bunch of other franchises like riddick and it was just like mm-hmm. I, I i think even when she started off in one of the most infamous halloween movies i think she got a sense of fandom before she hit it big with battlestar i think she really did and i think she yeah realize that you know it doesn't have to make or break your career necessarily it can be like you say it can be your brand but it can also be uh what helps you even grow as an actor where do you want to be part of the ensemble or do you want to carry the whole thing do you, how do you want to go about it yeah and 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 it, she has this genuine appreciation for people like watching her interact with people like watching her interact with people just through like the comment section of like some of her posts on instagram or uh i think i've seen all these charities with her co-stars it's just yeah like she genuinely is using her her platform her position to try to do some genuine good that's so true too she she when there was a lot of gun control issues she did have one comment where she was just like remember everybody practice safely and mm-hmm. everyone was wanting to cite it a few different ways she's like no it doesn't mean anything other than what it means be safe be smart yeah and absolutely 
and that and that's and I think that's the key thing like I know she had like a cancer relapse at one point so I think she really does genuinely know that anything could happen at any time yeah. at all so don't get yeah, like there there's I, I almost as if like you know tomorrow's no there's no guarantee of tomorrow but you know just be safe tight totally uh, it, it could all go away it could literally end right there and then and uh, what you don't have to go out in a blaze of glory you don't have to have you know have life cut you short and uh, it does seem like she does practice a lot of health and everything and oh yeah she's definitely big on you know you know healthy living and it's it's interesting like seeing some of her stuff she'll post about you know she's big on being outdoors i've noticed i didn't realize that but that that is true like, I, a, a lot of times it, it often seems like she's going on trips and hikes and stuff and i don't know if that's an influence with her uh because i believe she she did get married yeah yeah, yeah. got married i don't know if that's an influence from her spouse or or if she's always kind of been that way but well and like, like you said before i mean it, you, you get a legit feel from it as opposed to other celebs who just yeah kind of like goes back to that fake famous documentary where it's like i wasn't really on a plane right now you know yeah and you you can often tell it, it's almost gotten to the point with some of these celebrities it's like okay i can tell where you truly stand by what you do six months from now and not just in the moment mm -hmm. and i mean if it doesn't match up with what you've said before and it sounds like some other PR guy is doing half your social media, it, it does come, uh, get revealed after a while. And I mean, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, like it, it also got a little annoying after a while when some celebs were kind of stealing each other's tweets and not crediting each other for that. It just like, it mm -hmm. just became needless drama after a while where it's like, okay, well now, Hopefully now, after a decade of this, people are figuring out that social media does have ramifications. So you, know, you got to ask your talent, are you going to use this platform for what it's supposed to be, which is check out my hit show or mm -hmm. and share maybe something inspirational if you want to remind people that you're awesome. But yeah. if, it, if it's being used, you know, don't, there's zero need to become the next Chrissy Teigen where people are just you know or a reality show star where people are just constantly just uh getting into wars with you and so now you invite you know you have a bunch of people unfriend you and have a and you invite all the trolls and, mm -hmm. <laughs> and there, there's no need for any of that that and you don't have to be another celebrity who does the whole oh, i'm i'm quitting social media and then they're back on in you know 48 hours <laughs> yeah it's like I, I remember uh, somebody somebody had made a remark when some celebrity was griping about something and they're like this isn't an airport you don't need to announce your departure and I'm like wow <laughs> that's cold that is cold but it's true though I mean you made your social media account without much you know pomp and circumstances why do you need to you know remove it or whatever it's like wow it's very easy for anyone I mean, Facebook is also king of just taking 
when they report stuff, just taking that all out of context and whatever you have to even be oh careful yeah with. there's sarcasm if you're saying shut up they're like oh you are suspended for five days because you bullied someone i'm like no i was jokingly telling a friend of mine shut up because they said yeah something smart well i'd laugh my my wife has got sort of a weird kind of battle going on with facebook and disney here of late uh because around christmas she'll go live when she's putting stuff up on the christmas tree because uh. our deal is <laughs> I will help put the tree up. I will put the lights <laughs> on it. She can put the decorations on it, like the ornaments and stuff. And I think it's mostly because she gets dizzy if she walks around the tree putting the lights on. Mm. I get it. But uh, so twice now within like the last month, she's gotten uh, two of her videos removed from Facebook because of uh, copyright violations via oh. Disney. And she's like, and she got like adamantly, adamantly angry the first time. I said, "Hun, let me. I know you don't like me taking your phone, but can you hand me your phone so that I can see what's going on?" And I'm like, "Okay." And I walked her through. I said, "Here's how you fight this." I clicked next, 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 and I said, "All right." Hand, I handed her the phone. I said, "I want you to type exactly what I say." Okay. I am literally <laughs> hanging ornaments that I bought from various authorized disney vendors <laughs> okay so she you know she hit it within minutes she got a notification that the video was restored and i'm like see easy she's like i didn't even realize you could contest that i said most people don't realize you can and she's like they really don't even press like, the yeah. next button they just respond to the whole you've been suspended and just want yeah. to sulk and be angry is exactly the same thing so, with youtube they would do it yesterday for yeah, so yesterday it got dinged. The previous year, because it was the 2018 video, and now it was the year before, uh, it was the 2017, and she did exactly the same thing. And that one was, like, within seconds of her what hitting song the song is it even playing, for starters? And, and that's the thing, it's not playing, there's, like, she might have, like, a, uh, a movie or, like, a Christmas movie or something going in the background, but it's, like, there's no rhyme or reason to it. Disney must times, have certain just bots that are just picking up anything. Yeah. Need the well, and somebody had said, yeah, Facebook with all the insanity that they've been going through within like the last couple months, they think the uh, Facebook algorithm for catching these things has been getting tweaked and modified. And that's actually what's causing a lot of these like, almost false reports on things getting copyright damage. They're sharing some of the same cookies or whatever. That yeah, because I remember when um, the Eternals movie came out, for like that full weekend, nobody could post about Eternals because their their posts, their videos and things were getting dinged for uh, copy, not copyright, uh, violations against terms and conditions because the terms and conditions in some Middle Eastern country uh somehow got like jived with you know the main algorithms because apparently the eternals is a banned film in a couple countries in the middle east right it somehow it's got triggered movie, so. <laughs> it, yeah it got triggered cross plat uh, platform wide that you know nobody was able to talk about it and then like the following weekend everybody's uh, posts were starting to get auto-populated because they fixed their stuff. It was just like, oh my god, this is insane and ridiculous. So. And it just also shows you, this is like, so many people 
you don't know if they're making that part of their brand where they review a movie and they're not allowed to talk about it in time. And it's like, well, whatever it is, I mean, you know, you can chill, you know, unless you, this is your livelihood, you're making money from this. Yeah. Like, you know, some of these uh, people that have, you know, become influencers because they like to review movies or they're centered on mostly Marvel stuff or whatever, you know, I could understand them getting, wigged out but like the casual goer it's like eh, okay so <laughs> it is kind of wild too how some of it evolves because like you say it's like it, it's kind of like when twitter found out it's like most of everyone's followers like three quarters of them are bots <laughs> so yeah i'd be taking away how many of them are going to just take their losses and fold their uh site down or uh, which ones are going to just flat out just have to play ball, be, be legit. Yeah. Well, I mean, and it's, and it's funny, like right now, uh, something that I'm dipping my toes into is I'm getting into Twitch, you know, I'm doing, I'm doing gaming and, uh, I've got like seven followers, Woo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, chatting with a couple people on that, they're like, yeah, there, there's some people out there that, you know, have, used less than legitimate ways to like inflate their numbers and stuff and it's just comical because you know every time Even you sites turn around that do that are now having to like put their self in disguise and do the whole you know this is oh legal. yeah like i'm like like well, twitch when they had uh all that data released just the other month they uh and i know right now they're kind of in a bit of a hot water with something with their their one uh affiliate program or whatever that helps people like do the overlays and stuff like that mm -hmm. apparently it's like almost a shot for shot line for line remake of something else that's out there and available so it's like oh, oh, wow. okay that's great but yeah it's just comical like you know you go into some of these communities to try to like build not necessarily your brand but build up a following and uh they're like yeah you know because of everything with twitch we, you know we don't do we don't do abc you know, it's mostly, <laughs> you know, whenever, you know, whenever you go live, post it here, you know, and, you know, before you do that, though, be sure to introduce yourself so that people can kind of like kind of find out the vibes that you give off in your theme, in your threat, not your threats, your, your streams and stuff like that. So it's, Don't it's get all just, angry and pouty. No one's following yeah. me. <laughs> and, it, you know, I, and I'd put, I'd put it on Facebook a little bit before you and I started recording, you know, I'm having fun regardless if I have seven or 50 or a thousand followers, I'm having fun. You take I'm it for what playing, it is. Yeah. I'm sitting there playing games and I'm trying to like let the cinematics play out. But if I feel like the need to make a snarky remark or, you know, a smart alecky re reaction to something, I'll throw it in there, you know, I'm, I'm having fun, you know, and I'm, I'm talking about different things like, oh, yeah, you know, if, if you're looking for X item in the game, it's usually found over here. Or, you know, I think it's always interesting how immersive this world can be or that or whatever, you know. Trying not to sit there and be like, you know, just a, a head bobbing around, not interacting with anybody. But Right. Well, and that's the other thing, too. I mean, when we even did all these podcast things, it's like mm -hmm. we, we were doing it because we all legit – do like to talk about this and we don't really have anyone to talk oh, absolutely, about absolutely yeah and you know and some if, people didn't yeah. get it some people were like they only want to do podcasts if it like cross promotes with their show and i get that but at the same time it's like oh, absolutely well, yeah at the same time this isn't going to work out if 
you're not going to actually talk about the subject. And some people like you do have to kind of test them is like, okay, do you actually want to talk about this or you just, you want to be on it and only I'm talking and you're just going. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's like one thing with Mac and I, when we're doing our recordings, usually one of us at some point when we're, when we're on there together, one of us will be like, and you know what, if you're listening to us, we greatly appreciate whether it's shortly after this episode air or we, we drop this episode or it's a year or two down the line. We appreciate you. Thank Acknowledge you, you the know. fan base or any kind of and the, comment that you'll get. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, eventually, unfortunately, whether you're just starting out or, you know, you've got a thousand million, however, whatever your numbers may be for your following, inevitably at some point, you're always going to encounter people that are just toxic. You know, you're oh, going to yeah. get those people that just for whatever reason, have, have uh, hate in their hearts, so to speak, where they're just angry. And, you know, or they're a deliberate troll. They're whole, yeah, and I, they get and off I, on being a dick. Yeah, and I often remember something my dad had once mentioned to me. He goes, He'd mentioned, he said, more often than not, when you're encountering somebody that's angry with something you're doing, they're not angry because of what you're doing. They're angry because you're doing something they feel they can't right they're being petty and wow that's kind of and it's like wow that's kind of rather a deep you know a deep thing for you know your old on the right scoop it's always the bully or the guy who's jealous or someone who's just wants sometimes it's even just a confused fan who wants to be like you but hates that like you say they can never be as successful as you and i fortunately kicked a lot of jealousy out so i never really had that whole you know lucky guy he's married so yeah. so i didn't i didn't have any of that toxic bullshit i was just kind of more just yeah. see and they try to defined. give a genuine impression on where they thought their character's mindset would have been or something like you that you can be yeah. shatner pre-fame or shatner post-fame where he finally gets it and he has to you know you don't have to do the whole get a life thing that yeah get about sketch about <laughs> it is funny though how i i think with Stargate and definitely Babylon 5 and all these other up-and-coming shows, Breaking Bad, Walking Dead, I think all kinds of, all the conventions started figuring out, it doesn't, it didn't necessarily have to be a horror or a sci-fi show to even bring a bunch of people in, and I think they also realized, you know, all the fandoms pretty much all roll together, so, I mean. Oh, yeah, there's definitely an overlap between the different fandoms, yeah. And there's all kinds of events they would do where people would win prizes if they marathoned a season, yada, yada, in a, one day. And <laughs> yep. I'd like, laugh. There are times where I'll decide I want to binge something, and depending on what it is, I can kill a season in a day. It's hard with some of the shows because their seasons are like 20-plus episodes. But. Right, or some of them, that's where the show went downhill. So you're like, I really don't want to suffer through that again. <laughs> Can I see a yeah. recap instead? Can I slightly cheat and just watch the movies that I've seen a dozen times? It's like, no, I got to suffer yeah. through it all again. Well, and the, I'm kind of sort of going through that with uh, Babylon 5. I'm actually doing a rewatch of that one. Nice, <laughs> on and, HBO Max. Yeah, and thankfully they fixed the issue where the episodes were – in their queue out of sequence there was like a couple episodes oh no lipped (laughs) in the first season it was like the last three episodes the last episode was in the right position but like the second to last and the third to last were like flipped and i'm like and i didn't catch it (laughs) until i'm at it and i'm like well that 
they just referenced something that hasn't happened yet. What the, you know? <laughs> and then the next episode, I'm like, son of a, you know. So I went through and I watched and I went through and looked at the rest of the seasons. I'm like, okay, comparing it to IMDb, I'm like, okay, that's that season's right. Okay, and third season, they got these two episodes in the middle of it flipped for some reason. Okay, so I'll have to make note on that. And then by the time I get, but they like re reconfigured things so that it was right. But but yeah, that's how a long show did that it take? You think? I have no idea because with me, I'm watching it like one or two episodes a night. <laughs> so and I'm currently in the third or fourth episode of the fifth season, but I'm also trying to watch it in chronological order for like the different side movies and stuff that they've got going. Yeah, yeah, that, that so, someone did have those on Reddit's where they would make memes saying you watch these in order. Yeah, and I think Reddit's movie. actually where I found the list. So uh, I'd watched Third Space after the fourth season, which the way that movie's framed, it could be viewed as a kind of like a flashback mm -hmm. unless you're trying to fit it in where it fell during the season, which there's no like clear cut this is where it falls because it they don't give any kind of point of reference for like oh yeah we just dealt with xyz it's literally like okay where can you shoehorn it in so i just watched it at the end of this fourth season but it's just wild like the plot the storylines hit differently now than they did back when i watched it when it originally aired you know oh totally how it yeah. compares to now versus then and yeah it, there 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 are certain certain phrases and stuff that if you just tweak one or two words it sounds an awful lot like some uh, other group uh <laughs> it could easily be in this kind of movie or this kind of show or that was or the context, cool thing to do yeah. in the 90s and nowadays if someone wrote it it would sound probably like this or that and yeah, and uh, I'm curious to see, like, it, it's cool to see that that's a show that's getting kind of like a revival. I, I've i been hearing mixed things. It's going to be a revival. It's going to be a reboot. It's going to be Jay a, Michael's supervising thing. it. But the guy that, yeah, he he's involved. And I'm like, whatever it's going to be, I'm excited that they're bringing the creator back for it. And it is wild, though, because, like, for years he was saying, I'm going to bring it back. And then he's like, no, I can't do better. And with the powers that be and the people I don't want to work with, it probably won't happen. Yeah. I'm like, okay, well, um, but it is funny how, like you say, is like that's another show that people who should like it probably don't like it because uh, the effects got outdated uh, due to a and uh, you were either part of the DVD audience when it first broke or when it was first on the air and you just haven't seen it since. You just couldn't keep up with it like all the others. Uh, serialized shows so it is kind of funny how just uh, you can tell kind of uh, with people who are rediscovering stuff and even just looking trying to hunt down just rare media how oh yeah the market <clears throat> is always changing yeah and that's the like i've gotten into a conversation with um it was tim russ from voyager nice at a convention tuvok uh tuvok from voyager yeah that's what i said and uh it was just funny like he was there just chilling at his table and i'm like well i don't have anything for him to sign because i'd gotten his autograph a couple years prior <laughs> and i'm like well you know what? i'm gonna go i'm gonna go say hi see how he's enjoying his weekend because it was in the middle of february you know in maryland and uh he's like I'm, you know i'm enjoying my time he goes you know this is a fun small convention you know everybody seems pretty chill laid back and uh he goes, so 
out of curiosity, what have you been watching lately? Just throw a question out to me. I'm like, well, I said, ironically, I did just finish rewatching all of uh, Deep Space Nine. I said, because honestly, I didn't kind of give it a shot when it was on the air because the concept of another space station based TV show, <laughs> I felt kind of was like, he goes, bit much i said yeah i said i enjoyed voyager when it, you know weekly it was a it was a fun thing to tune into i said but re-watching you know deep space nine it was really nice to just blow through the plot lines and stuff like that with being able to to stream it he goes yeah binging tv can be dangerous though i'm like uh-oh i take it you're speaking from experience he goes i lost a couple days because of something i was watching because i just got that I guess, hyper-focused on it. I'm like, wow, that's cool, you know? So it's just kind of a nice little, quaint little conversation I got to have with him about, you know, the pitfalls of binging TV, you know? Unfortunately, they and the Stargate guys really do hang together. It seemed to be kind of like there was a little bit of a rivalry at first, but I think they quickly calmed down and just said, hey, you know, come on. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's one of those things. (laughs) Like, Stargate wasn't trying to be anything... uh, like anything else out there you know it, was it wasn't just... even like the movie was based on you know it was just oh yeah no and i love and i love the 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 quaint little dig that uh richard dean anderson gave i think it was in the first season <laughs> o'neill with two l's <laughs> o'neill with two l's that <laughs> other guy had not have a sense of humor and i'm like <laughs> oh my god i love you you know if i didn't love richard dean anderson enough already that just solidified it, you know. Right. Oh man, and, I've uh, even had to tell other people to check it out, and they're like, "I didn't really watch MacGyver." I'm like, you don't have to. It basically it even makes fun of MacGyver. It's just so yeah. funny how. Uh, and when I found out from Mac that it was like, so he improvises everything. Yeah, every single line made up. I'm like, Get yeah, it. like, oh yeah. There, there are times where it's like, okay, this is probably. We're gonna give him the cliff notes of what we need. He should have been a comedian. Jesus, who knew? But yeah. then again, if I was at in like three different uh, fun escapism shows, I probably wouldn't take myself that seriously either. And I would just say, let's have fun. So, oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. yeah, I think it does go to show that there are some people who is like, there's great shows out there, and everyone doesn't. You got to get them in a mood if they want to talk about it because they just don't have many nice things to say about behind the scenes. So it's like, it really is kind of cool when I, I think TV has also just come a long way. People just realize now is like, okay, everyone's got schedules. So if something's not working, we're going to call a spade a spade and, you know, just shut it down for the day and say, you know, all right, mm-hmm. reconvene when we've, you know, gotten rid of the one person who was on professional or who didn't. Yeah. I, I have heard some messed up stuff about some of those Canadian shows because, you know, everyone uses them for the tax cuts and everything. But there are some people who just are taking their sweet time, not wrapping up for the day in time. And so as a result, everyone has like three, two hours of sleep. And it's like, yeah, you can't keep going and doing yeah, that. Yeah, you, you end up burning people out. Like I had a, there's a independent project that I've helped with that we had a, executive producer that had made the decision the original schedule was we were supposed to film for about eight hours on saturday so he's basically the line producer too if he's scheduling it and turning in the budget <laughs> yeah and uh we were supposed to do eight hours on friday or on saturday and then we were gonna wrap up sunday mid-afternoon you know from like 
noon to like six or something like that. Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't supposed to be two full back back to back days. It was like a day and then like a half. And uh, <laughs> they'd made the decision pretty much abruptly that yeah, no, we're just going to keep filming until we're done. So nice. Yeah, it was like, gee, thanks, you know. And we had a couple <laughs> people that were just like those of us who were of somewhat semblance of entertainment value we're you know while things were getting set up for the next shot or or whatever we're trying to add a little bit of levity just trying to keep people from wanting to lynch the poor guy because you know i think it i think he was getting to the point where he was probably getting burnt out of the whole ordeal and he just wanted to get it done to get it done not realizing that in doing so he's adding more burnt out people to the mix you know yeah you can't give it your all i get wanting to cut corners but every time anywhere it is there's always a cost and it's just a matter of where is it going to creep up you know well and the last thing you need i mean when people don't have sleep they get cranky and all it takes is that if that's the first time you meet that person oh if that's your first impression oh boy it's it's gonna be rocky Oh yeah, absolutely. And definitely if you know you're supposed to be doing a specific type of scene with them, mm-hmm. you know. It's hard you have to, to be romantic to, and he Yeah, it's hard to asshole. be romantic with somebody that you just had to, you know, throw a Snickers at cuz they were getting hangry, you know. <laughs> so it's yeah, it's it was uh it was a challenge, but you know, we we ended up doing a, a fairly decent job with it, I think. Now well, it's that's pretty what... much just been Now it's just pretty much been between that and a couple of the other parts of the project has been circling in uh so from one indie filmmaker to another um are you kind of noticing a bunch of snobs for lack of a better word who kind of just act like unless a movie has a certain budget and everything we can't make it for this or that it seems like it's getting harder to find people who are very that are doing it for the enjoyment of it well, enjoyment, but also just committed. Like they can yeah. easily sacrifice and compromise with both what they have on a script versus what they can actually get filmed. And it seems like oh, they're just yeah. getting too many. Who, I mean, there, there, there have been sadly a lot of egos. I think just cropping, cropping up everywhere. And it's, and if it sucks, then I'll just put it on Amazon. It's like you still want to show this to your family, right? No, not really. I just own it now because so and so did this i'm yeah. like really oh my god i want to actually show this to someone or at least the right audience who i yeah, think will like, like it yeah like i i want to i don't necessarily want to you know take the project and say hey see this see this thing that i was in it's the greatest thing since you know insert whatever mm-hmm. pop culture thing of, of the moment we but know I what we're making wanna, <laughs> I, yeah i want to i want to at least be happy and say i have a finished project that I can show to somebody and say, I helped make this. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to say it's the next Star Wars. It's not the next Star Trek or whatever. And there's others, they just don't seem and, to get that. Like, I would yeah. have people who would say, I want my movie to look like Christopher Nolan's. I'm like, well, with this budget and that, we're not getting that, but we're going to get still a pretty well shot movie. Well, yeah, exactly. then I don't want to make this. I'm like, yeah. And, and, <laughs> and that's the thing that just boggles my mind. Like, with with uh, something that I think a lot of creators fall into is if they get any kind of hate trolling, whatever in like just showing promotional stuff, a lot of times they kind of like just say, well, what's the point? 
if this is the reaction I'm going to get. And my, my best friend had made a remark because they had done a, uh, they had done like a test viewing or whatever. And mm -hmm. the problem was the test viewing was done in a, an environment where it really shouldn't have been because there was a bunch of drunken college kids there. Hmm. And that's not necessarily the demographic you want reviewing a film. No, you're going to so, get very inconsistent. <laughs> yeah. So this one kid, you know, was just spewing vitriol about it and making asinine remarks about different people during the credit section. Oh boy. And he, I wasn't there cause I had to work cause you know, at the time I had a day job that required, you know, <laughs> so like he, like he stood up and both childhood friends that he had that were also part of the project kind of like were scrambling to grab him because my buddy Royce is not a small guy. Like he's, he's he's kind of a big guy but he's not like unfit he's not unhealthy he's you know think kingpin type like oh, that okay. kind of build and uh <laughs> oh dear he, how do you get him he, out of there? he got calmed down and then in the hallway he found this guy and he had enough time to calm down and not like so he walked up to this kid and he goes, I heard what you had to say about the film. And that's your opinion. You're entitled to it. He goes, but uh, I'm presuming you don't have anything that you've done to compare. <laughs> he took out his business card and he handed it to him. He goes, I want to see something you've done. I want to see you do better. Or next time, keep your rhetoric to yourself. And he walked away. <laughs> like both his other friends were like, he gave off a very stone cold killer vibe when he did that. I'm like, I could believe it because he had <laughs> enough time to calm down. I said, otherwise, he would have probably killed the poor guy because you'd be facing a lawsuit there goes the marketing budget <laughs> yeah that, that knee-jerk reaction type thing you know because it was something that's important you know it was something that they all had poured their heart their soul their i think you know, after oh six when the internet was really sinking in i think a lot of people were doing damage control saying okay well this is the second wave of yeah. how things are done so you yeah. know, unless it's an independent movie where basically only one, people who were there firsthand really know about anything about it, you know, it's like, it, it, I think, like you say, is like people, I mean, Facebook posts nonstop ads for all other shows at the time. And I'm sure yep. no one's giving half the comments any time or day, unless it's just oh, yeah. a more personal Q&A kind of live streaming session and they have time to respond to the first five things and it's like a reddit thing and it's like yeah. i'll give you seven hours of my time and after that all the other questions are going to go unanswered yeah pretty much yeah and it's just it's wild and even now like you can still see like movies can sink or swim within hours of being released nowadays because everybody's got access to the myriad of social platforms mm -hmm. out there yeah like uh i i'd laugh i have not heard any of my friends complain today that things for that new hawkeye show got got spoiled you know because i remember when 
WandaVision and then uh, Winter Soldier or Falcon and the Winter Soldier and then Loki, things were getting spoiled for people within hours of it being dropped. I think some fans are wising up and I think much after Game of Thrones and Walking Dead were conquering the internet, I think a lot of people were just saying, hey, you can always, why are you even on your phone on Facebook while you're watching the show? It's gonna get spoiled. Even yeah, I mean, and it's there's the, sites it's that the, even do this. They do the recaps. There's gonna be a spoiler. Oh it's yeah, and I and I <laughs> and I think people are starting to one wise up of okay. I don't have to necessarily avoid social media, but I do have to understand. For me, I do. And have if you to know your friend, your friend is gonna talk about that, then yeah, just don't go like on. Like if there you see a post that. by them, hit the hit the scroll button real quick, you know, or hit the unfollow. You know, just you you can be friends and not see their first feed that pops up you know <laughs> exactly yeah but i mean i mean heck even the walking dead had become problematic with their own fame cuz i remember um i forget what season Blue it Diamond was Phillips even directed an episode my pal genie was there as a yeah. zombie one day and nice. she said he was just very just comforting to everybody and i'm like that's nice. cool <laughs> i love to hear that but yeah, <laughs> yeah with with the walking dead it was the episode i think beth departed the show oh, there you go and everyone's always vocal and you it's like there's well, even seasons i haven't seen yet and it's like i know so and so is going to die eventually yeah that's just they were going to <laughs> yeah i mean re- realistically the odds of anybody surviving the show to the end is slim and none really if you mm-hmm. think the subject matter but with that they had aired the episode and then at at the minute the episode aired, they had done an update to their Facebook page. And what happens when people follow a page on Facebook? It, oh, this change got made, pushes it out. So at like, because I think the show aired at nine o'clock on the East Coast, ends at 10. So at 10 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, all of a sudden, you know, nine o'clock Central, eight o'clock Mountain seven o'clock pacific people were getting a notification that facebook updated their cover photo and it was a shot of norman reedus carrying beth Mm -hmm. and it didn't look good for beth so people were like are you effing kidding me we haven't even seen it because it hasn't aired yet over here (laughs) like come on you know that's like when people depart shows and you see mm-hmm. people posting photos of them having met said celebrity. It's like, guys, I know you're not directly giving a spoiler, but you're giving a spoiler and you don't realize it. Come on, you know. It's, just, it's I've never really done that. I did that when I first started doing Facebook and I just stopped after a while because I was just like, I'm tired of getting all these comments and then getting half of it is debating about something or being silly and joking is like i do actually want to actually talk about you know myself and interact with other people i know as opposed to oh looky there you just have a photo of my favorite movie and it's like but like you say it's like everyone's putting in spoilers and other stuff and yep i don't know other people i don't even know why they do it half the time because it's not like they're building a brand they're just being they just have I too think much some, time i hands. think sometimes people just do it because a they've got too much time on their hands or b they just like to stir up the pot so to speak mm-hmm. well it has been a delight having you on here and oh it's been an absolute pleasure thank you for having me on 
Absolutely, and just getting to know more about this fandom and why it just gels, why it captivates. Yeah, and it's like I said, it's it's funny. I've found people that are fans of Longmire through my through selling badges and patches. That you know, they've got people in Australia, New Zealand. I On eBay. recall sending something <laughs> to France for some reason, like. I didn't know if Westerns would be popular. I am doing research on it today. I was like, it airs in the UK on their version of Turner Classic Movies. Well, I'll be damned. (laughs) Yeah, it's funny. Like, I have a friend in England that, like, every now and then, her and I'll come up with, like, different shows and stuff to suggest for each other to watch. And I've suggested Longmire. And she's gotten the chance to watch a couple episodes. And she goes, it's really good. She goes, this is a show that I'm going to do a slow burn on because I don't want to because she knows it's got a limited number of episodes it's not like it's <laughs> don't want to go through it and be like i want more yeah exactly so and she's been enjoying it but uh yeah it's just it's wild and it's definitely a show that if people are looking for a good solid show to watch i'll recommend it because it's like i said it's, oh it's in my top 1000 shows you gotta watch this is like yeah there's no way around it i mean when it's captivated so many different kinds of audiences and just with all the guest stars. I mean, I can tell Peter Weller's proud of it because he likes to always star on the shows that he's directing. And, you know, when you ha- are playing the former sheriff, that was such a captivating role for him to do. And then, yeah, like as soon as he popped up, I'm like, wow, okay, this is really freaking cool. I, I dig it. He's the uncle of the troubled deputy mm-hmm. and the former sheriff and goes all vigilante and has to commit suicide and it's like that's a tragic arc in and of itself that you don't see coming yeah like all the like the whole story like this the stories for the individual characters are fascinating because nobody starts the or ends the show where they started and never it's it's done in a way that the couple characters that have had that have had to depart the show it showed that their departure mattered always you know and i think that is probably one of the most important thing a writer can do don't have someone's death be meaningless totally don't and don't rely on just simple shock value to get everyone's attention actually you know i can't say it didn't pull any punches or didn't have anything which uh, really made people want to just keep tuning in and uh, it is definitely a rarity because there's just so many other shows where uh, uh, just again that their their idea was let's get their attention but not actually think this through and through yeah uh, I, I can't think of anything that wasn't thought out ahead of time and thought of how to deliver it on screen I mean oh absolutely yeah and uh, our our friendly chat here about it has definitely got me itching to do a rewatch, but I'll have to do that after I do my Babylon Five because <laughs> I've tried I've tried rewatching a couple different shows at the same time, and it one of them always ends up losing out. I don't want to do that to either either show. I didn't do that with SG One. I'm not going to do it with uh with either of these two. So no. Well, thank you for being on the show, and feel free to promote your deal want real fast oh absolutely so uh the quick little snippet here what i you know i i I co-host the occasional episodes of uh, the never gets old podcast and the macgyver podcast with mac jackson listen to us wherever you can do that i'm also the uh 
crazy guy that helped you up the thumbnail for the MacGyver SG-1 audio series that Mac yeah. does, which I love and hate Mac for because he always ends up doing such a wonderful job with. Uh, <laughs> I got to keep I got to keep him humble, you know. <laughs> but yeah, so those are uh, things that I'm directly involved with with Mac uh, on my end solo. I've got the commission credentials. Uh, you can hit me up on commissionedcredentials.com for pop culture IDs from TV shows and movies, custom ones or ones with, you know, character info on. Uh, dipping my toes into Twitch, uh, you can find me at Indiana Carter, Indiana like Indiana Jones and Carter like Samantha Carter uh, on Twitch. I only post or I only uh, stream two days a week. Uh, any other things, just uh, keep an eye out or ear out on uh, the podcasts with Mac and uh, any other future endeavors I get involved with, you'll be able to find there. Follow us on the web on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The podcast is available on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor, Apple, and anywhere else podcasts are available. Feel free to review our show and leave comments on any of those sites. Thanks a million for listening. It's a jacked up.